every Friday night after the League of Ireland games, a place for you to come to give your opinion to vent. There's a little button down on the left-hand corner where you can say that you want to talk. Catch League of Ireland late night, Friday nights at 10 on Twitter Spaces. Follow at Off The Ball. The Football Pod on OTB Sports. In partnership with AIB, proud sponsors of the GAA Senior Football Championship. Check out hashtag the toughest for more. Hello everybody and you're very welcome along to episode 13 of the Football Pod, brought to you in partnership with AIB, proud sponsors of the GAA Senior Football Championship. Check out hashtag the toughest for more. Paddy Andrews, we have just witnessed the opening weekend of the All-Ireland Senior Football Championships. How did you feel after that weekend? Easter Sunday? Yeah, it's... uh... Did Did you feel buzzed? Were you excited? I'm not going to lie, I wasn't. <laughs> it's um, It was kind of similar last season as well. They're not the biggest games to start with. We obviously had the All-Ireland Champions kicking into gear on Saturday evening. And despite our ropey enough first half, um, and you're kind of raising eyebrows, there might be some sort of shock on the cards with Fermanagh. Thrawn fairly put that to bed in, in the second half. So that wasn't the most enthralling um, kickoff to the championship. And then obviously we did, we did a couple of games yesterday over I, in London and New York. So. I thought it was pretty cool. I just think it's pretty cool having that 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 element of it, of being in Ryslip and being in New York. And I just, I got to watch the first half of Psycho New York on GA Go. It's such a pity that a bigger deal wasn't made of the fact that we're in London, we're in New York. The All-Ireland Championships have kicked off. It should be a festival of a weekend. James, Colm O'Rourke said it was going to start like an almighty whimper. Did you feel like it was an almighty whimper this weekend? No, I, I, I didn't. I enjoyed the Tyrone Fermanagh game. And hmm. like the, the New York game had some savage scores in it. You know, both Sligo and New York had some great play there. And in the London and Leitrim game, I thought it was... You know, it was very competitive. So I didn't think it was a whimper of a start, but it's not like the hurling, whereas the Munster Championship just kicks off and it's, yeah. it's, it's, on the fire. Again, Wait, it's a slower start. Hurlers taken over, like, as usual. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well Sunday, hard. Sunday certainly took over with the hurling. Like, I think, I think Saturday was, was maybe similar. I just think that we need to get better at whether it's fireworks, whether it's Ed Sheeran singing before the games. I don't know what it is. We need to just, Blow it up a little bit when we're starting these things and kicking them off. Um, look, well, I, well, I look like from, from looking at the games, Tommy. The, the, I suppose the positive. So there was big crowds in Gaelic Park, and oh yeah, like we know you dropped the ball by not getting the football pad over to at least one of those games next year. We, we'll know for next year. Yeah. But uh, but no, look, they're, they're really competitive games. <laughs> Again, the drawback. Okay, look, there was two a massive weekend of hurling with some of the the games going on there. The Sunday game only gave the. <laughs> The football about 10 minutes at the end of Fucking the conference, gesture, yeah. which was uh, <laughs> probably slightly unfair um, considering because there were some brilliant scores and they were really competitive games between Leitrim and London and, and Sligo and New York as well. So look, we're up and running. It yes. is unique that we're at the Easter weekend and the championship is kicked into gear. I think this Sunday we are getting a, a proper, proper kickoff with two of the biggest games in the provincial championships. Uh, that we're going to see this season with, with Galway and Mayo over in McHale Park and Donegal and Armagh, which we're going to talk about later on. But look, no major surprises. We expected mm. Leach and London to be tight. We expected New York and Sligo to be tight and we expected Tyrone to have too much for Fermanagh and that's the way it panned out. So our predictions yeah. are, are pretty decent, lads, for starting off, for week one. We'll see how long we can keep that Downhill up. from here. Yeah, exactly. And I think we'll, we'll do that. We'll have a look at all the games that are coming up this weekend a little later. We're going to focus on Donegal 
Armagh and Galway Mayo because that Sunday, that two o'clock, four o'clock throw-in, that is going to be savage. I'd love to have an eye on Claire Tipperary in the hurling, but I just don't think it's going to happen. James, David Clifford was spotted. Darren Moynihan was spotted uh, in the crowd in... Finbar uh, Murphy, Legion man with him. Finbar Murphy with him. Okay, okay. In, in Parky, <laughs> Would you have ever been spotted at a Munster hurling game? No, never been. Never uh, been? No. I... Actually, there was a game on in Killarney one time years ago. I'd say I must have been seven or eight. I, I don't know who was playing. And it was on before a football match and I saw about 15 minutes of it. That's as much hurling as I've ever Very seen. Very memorable, but it sounds... Out of like... respect for the football. It's football versus hurling, like, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. I, I love being a football snob. <laughs> yeah. Paddy, what about you, Luck? Would you, would you have ever picked up a hurl or, or poked a schlitter, <laughs> as they say? I, if you ask around, say, Bridget's, I was the worst hurler. And it was afraid of my life, lads. Uh, really I got a couple of bags playing under 12 under 13 and that was the end never yeah. again yeah. do you see one of the tip lads got a belt into the head They on the commentary they didn't even mention it he was absolutely split open James, James Kennedy wasn't it was it Kennedy yeah Kennedy was split open Yeah, it was kind of around the square and your man just belted him on top of the head and he goes oh he got no tip in the head he was gushing he was losing litres of blood the same in the Cork Limerick game <laughs> as well second half off Galan and the second half one of the Cork defenders Lads, that's not for me. Uh, But before we mention Keen Lynch's moment of magic, have you you ever seen a team like Limerick that are so physically dominant? Like, they're absolutely... Oh. Were were you that physically dominant? Like, like, Paddy, I'm thinking of you wearing a number 10 jersey. Financially dominant. (laughs) Like, you didn't talk out as big as Garrod Hegarty, Paddy. No, we got jerseys that fit us. Okay. He's a monster to be fair to him. Oh, he is an absolute and to move the way he does then is And a better footballer than a hurler, James. I doubt that. I don't Back know. In, I don't oh, he was he was a sensational underage. But I don't but think I he played the same way. Not underage, even even when he was 18, 19 played with the Limerick seniors. Limerick are a joy to watch. They are. And look, yeah. we're not exactly hurling officiandos on this pod now, but no. some of the performances they've put in over the last two or three years, I think in last year's All Ireland final. They do uh, Tongue in cheek a bit, but, but they do remind us of, of our team at our peak that they can go through a phase of seven or eight minutes and just take the game away from a team. Yeah. And the most impressive thing about Limerick, you're, you're looking and seen it again yesterday, they are savages for work. Savages. Like whatever Kylie has gotten into them, and it's the squad they have, and you see the guys rolling off the Brent bench. Pat Ryan and these guys, they're, they're clipping unbelievable scores as well. There's obviously savage competition in there, but they work like dogs. They get you serious. You've got that to go with their skill. Yeah. I mean, they're a force to be reckoned with. Um, but yesterday, I actually, I do. I enjoy watching them. I, I like watching them too. Years, yeah. they're, a, they're a team that play with their chest out. Like, mm. the, would you have, like, they, they were obviously responding in ways to quite a, a slow league and people are probably asking questions of them. Mm. Paddy, did you ever feel like you were going out with your chests out in particular. Did you know what I mean by that? Like not, not being cocky or, or overconfident, but just like we are the reigning All-Ireland champions. Like they, you know just, they have an air about them. Have, um, we, we never really spoke about it, but I think that that was, we would have known on the back of our heads. Like that's just comes with when you're winning games. We, we went through a phase kind of around the middle of Jim's reign where I think we had the longest unbeaten run. We didn't lose for 30 or 30 odd games. Like mm. we never really spoke about it. And we'd never go into a game saying, look, we need to be confident. Or It was just in the background, you knew it. You knew we had 
the, the talent in, in the squad and we just got momentum behind us and, and like I said we had two or three years we were just winning all throughout the National League as well so I think any team that gets momentum and gets a run has that nearly an unspoken mentality going into games and we, we even spoke about it looking at, at Tyrone this year okay yeah. they had a kind of hit and miss league but you can see some of their players are carrying that aura now of having performed last year having won in All-Ireland you can see Ryan O'Donoghue in Mayo as well when players have a breakout year or teams have a breakout year it just brings with it a confidence and mm. you can see it in their play it removes that little bit of doubt that, that's in your head and when you're looking at Limerick now what they've done over the last number of years they, they can I doubt they speak about this but you can see it in their play and they bullied. The like, they that. bullied. They bullied Cork yesterday. Like mm. there was a bullying that we that we witnessed. Like I'd say, with the with the Limerick boys, they nearly need to kind of roll it back a bit because they have. It looks like they have some serious personality and serious character, you know. And they just need to simmer. But like, if they put the they could put the chest out even more. Do you, Do you know? Think? Actually, <laughs> oh, definitely. I just think they have it. They just have that swagger, that aura, that mentality. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They, but like the, it's an edge. It's it's you kind of teeter on that. It, if you go too far, it'll be your downfall. But if and you I, don't I, have I, enough, I, I, it, you'll be caught as well. So they I, just have enough. I just think it's class. There are a few boys there that you know are operating on the edge. You know that it, that it could spill over a little bit. But as Garrod Hegarty put it a few weeks ago, you have to play on the edge in a game like that, and that, that's what they're definitely doing. But so many teams tell me try and take them on with us. Yeah. Team Waterford last year in the semi-finals in Cork in the final last year. I think you're barking up the wrong tree if you're trying to take Limerick on and go toe-to-toe with them and, and match them, like nearly wrestling with the pig, like that, that's that's not the, not the way to go. With, with Limerick. Limerick. Yeah. Mayo obviously did it with G-Lock. Mayo, Mayo went toe-to-toe, nose-to-nose with G-Lock. They did, yeah. And, and he, look, they, they're one of the teams that put it up to us. That worked for them and, and their persona- personnel. But we had other teams that kind of tried to take us on physically and, and it, it didn't suit their players. It didn't see what I remember playing Tyrone, a very famous game where in 2017, the semi final, where there was a lot of talk coming from Tyrone that the, they had the game plan and they had the mentality to take on this Dublin team and they were going to do this, that, and the other. And we went out and we took that, <laughs> we used that in, going into that game and we absolutely blew them out of the water physically as well as, as anything else. So I think you've got to understand the players you have at your disposal and you've got to look at the opposition and go, well, what do they, what does not suit them? How do yeah. we take them out of their comfort zone? If teams are going in playing Limerick in, in, in this current Limerick team in the Hurling Championship and going, well, we take them out of the comfort zone physically, that's... No, it's not, it's not going to happen. That's not going to end did, well. Did you do that, James? Did you try and... Visit? It strikes me that you didn't approach Dublin the same way that Mayo did. No, we never... <laughs> We never thought physically about it. It was more of, yeah, it was more tactical, definitely, and more football based than we were playing Dublin. Um, and then with Mayo, I think we did have a kind of an awareness that the, the physical aspects would come into it, say pre throw in or maybe off the ball a bit more. But with Dublin, we always thought it was kind of more, more football, you know, more athleticism, football that way rather than hopping off each other or anything like that. Mm. Can I ask you about a piece in the Examiner on Saturday, James? Because there's a lot of chat about it this week. It got sent into us. Infus Morris's column. There's a couple of great photos here. There's a great photo of you, uh, the the whole team on the beach, and you're sitting there and 
I think you've got a, a wee hat in your head and you're you're on the ground. You're a bro- broken man at that stage. You're a broken man at that stage. Can you t- talk us through a little bit? Because it's, it's a fantastic column in the Irish Examiner. And it, it like, it's simple in a way. Like he's just explaining the benefits that came with uh, yeah. buying into something like that and getting away as a team together. He spoke about the weeks in Portugal that you've mentioned before, but this is a weekend. Was it up in one of the mountains in Kerry? Was it Galtimore? Was it Galtimore? Was it? Oh, it was Galtimore. Galtimore, yeah. It's Galtimore, which is over... It's over a couple of counties in Munster. Yeah, yeah. it's around by Tip as well, isn't it? Yeah, but... Oh, the Galtee Mountains, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I think that whenever we did those kind of weekends or week-long trips, we always got an unbelievable amount out of it. Do you know, you? whereas if we kind of went... If we went training for a big block or something, do you know, it would all kind of just, just kind of fade into one block of training, whereas you wouldn't really get as much out of it. But if you kind of got something different into your training, like a weekend away everyone remembers it and it just seems to be kind of something that really brings a group together. But that time was in 2014, all right, when we went to Galtimore Moor and we lost Galvin to Moss. And I think Gooch was after doing the cruise shit as well in the, for the cross against um, Castle Bar. So I'd say Fitzmaurice was trying to get like the group together and see, could we get a few new leaders and things like that? So we went up there and anyway. he didn't tell us we were going. He just said, be it the first RCA, they would have six. So up mm. we landed anyway with a list of things to bring. I think he mentioned that in the article. I thought they were taking, taking the mix. Eh, with I, the was, list. I was so surprised you weren't caught out. I was caught out. I thought, I thought that um, they'd do that every so often. They'd say, oh, bring all this stuff. And, it, well, and then they'd laugh at you. They're going, oh, you brought that. So I was looking at the list. I was like, this is a piss take. So I'd say I brought half of it. Just I thought I'd bum off someone, anything else as I needed, but... Do you remember what was on the list? It was all just random stuff that you wouldn't need. Like, uh, it was a tin of bachelor's beans, I think. And even if you had, like, they they went through the stuff, this army crowd. Like, we got we got to a certain stage at about half seven in the morning, maybe eight o'clock in the morning, and the bus just stopped. And next thing, the bus was raided by this army crowd saying, pull your hat over your head. Don't look at me. Put it down over your eyes. <laughs> Get off the bus. Get off the bus. Next thing they're grabbing you under the armpit and throwing you off the bus. And at this stage, I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. Half eight, maybe eight o'clock. And we're thinking we're in serious trouble here. And it was just fear. It was just panic. And there was about 35 of us like, and it was like, down on the ground. And you can't see a thing. You don't know where you are. And into a plank position or into a half push up. And we were there for like, it felt like hours. An army crawling through <laughs> muck and gutter are you not and laughing and thinking it's hilarious no at no. the first five minutes f- fair enough after that it's like oh no 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 we are in for a world of pain here because they didn't Cause... tell us what time to be home either like the, they didn't say we were coming home or we had absolutely <laughs> no idea when this was ending do you know if someone said right you're going to be tortured here for two hours you'd say you get through anything mm. but like we had no end time Was it, it was an overnight Jimmy was it um, no, we were back late that night. We were back we, on the same day. Fitzmaurice wrote, Fitzmaurice wrote, Mark O'Shea also got pinged. So Dahi, Dahi Casey, sorry, Dahi O'Shea, Dahi Casey got caught. Mark O'Shea also got pinged, which is very unlike him, both in terms of his professionalism and also the fact that he was usually far too cute to get caught out. One of the items on the Rangers lists was a tin of bachelor's beans. Mark had brought the Heinz variety. In fairness to him, he didn't raise the white flag straight away as he quickly took the wrapper off the can when he realised his mistake. <laughs> he wasn't fooling the boys, though. He too had to wear a gas. So they put gas masks on, on the lads that messed up. Yeah. I did you get, were you well. putting a gas mask? Yeah, I'd say there was two gas masks and there was probably six of us maybe who had to wear them, we had to share them. 
but like it, it was it was so heavy. It like the, I'd say what they'd done was like weighed it down with things, so it had to kind of drag you down on your neck and everything. It was just to torture you mentally, and you couldn't breathe. And we just went on this hike. So in the bag, like they'd made the bag of or the list of things you had to bring fairly heavy as well. So then we had to go on this hike or this run, starting off with a run to our base camp. So we were wearing gas masks filled with basically rocks in your bag. It, the fellas were wearing all types of shoes because they didn't know what they were doing. Like it wasn't like you were wearing runners. It was just, it was just torturous. <laughs> and does, but, it pay, uh, like, does that pay off? Like? But no, it does. Because what we did, we went into like, we had teams, we went into about four or five hours of like team building exercises, which were all torture based really. Like you had to, <laughs> you had to go, go into the water and they'd say, get your head under the water, like freezing cold, get your head under the water. And only come up when we tell you. <laughs> so you put your head under the water. You can't hear a thing. So you don't know when they're going to call you back up. So there was fellas just shooting back up. And next thing, it was like, who are you? Who are you? I say, oh, Fionn, Fionn Fitzgerald. Fionn, you just cost your teammates half an hour more in the cold water. And everyone was like, oh, Jesus, Fionn, will you keep your head down? <laughs> oh. He never played again, did he? Yeah, it was, like, oh, it was torture. And then we just been- bombed them out after that, like. Yeah, and we'd be in push-ups and like all the bigger fellas then would obviously be struggling with the push-ups like and yeah. So you'd oh, you'd man. hit the you'd they'd hit the deck and say, like, Who are you? Kieran Donahue, never heard of you. <laughs> <laughs> Get down. Uh so you- yeah, it was being tortured, but we did it for like honestly four or five hours of all this torture stuff, and they mm. called us in and they were like, um in fairness, it was very good for building like leadership skills and all that, but they called us in. And they're like, well done, lads. And we're like, brilliant. That's great. Um, we were high-fiving, chest bumping. We we're like, how do we get through that? And then your man goes, right, we have one last task for you. No problem. So we're nearly finished, so we'll do anything. See that peak up there? And he pointed. We could barely see the peak of the mountain. He goes, I meet you up there at, in three hours. And up we went on the spot, just start, start going. And we were already wiped like. And every, every team had to carry something. Oh, it's actually hilarious now looking back. So we ran over, obviously grabbed the lightest thing you could find out of the, the pile. We were carrying like flags and all this stuff. Manny, Aiden Manny got caught with a 10 kg medicine ball. He had to carry it all the way up. And like, it was an awkward, cumbersome thing. You had to carry it in two hands, like all the way up the mountain, he carried it. So it like when we were coming back, That's a man it who was loved torture. comical, you know, it was just so funny. But at the time it was torture. Yeah. But yeah. Um, no, it was well worth it. Chris Morris said um, he actually invited the Ranger, Ed Holland, back then to, to speak to you later that year to kind of tie it back to those experiences. But he said um, when the Rangers got you back down after the day, they said they spoke about the importance of strength and adversity and highlighted that the lads were exceptional when on task, but also that when they lost focus, they could be very ordinary. So that I suppose that is the point of those is, is that they prove that as a team, you can get through whatever you can. Paddy, did you ever have any team bonding experiences like that that would stand out to you? Yeah, well, like we did the exact same for under twenty one. Yeah, yeah. Overnight, we did the exact same thing as that. We uh, we met in City West, and it was Christmas time. It was, it was a pre Christmas and New Year's. So it was Baltic, but uh, it's under twenty one championships beyond January, February. Like the same thing. We're meeting in City West. It was like lovely. This is going to be great. And we're brought out to a place called the Glen of Amal. It's an army camp. Um, in the middle of nowhere, like, and the exact same thing. We were only 19 or 20 years of age, like, so we were definitely, definitely not equipped for this. Um, 
And lads, it was the exact same. Torture stuff. Crawling through puddles. It was overnight for us, actually. That's what I was asking, Jimmy. Saying we were knackered, like torture for the whole day, and then pulled out of bed at about two o'clock. And this was like minus two or minus three. We'd go up and build a tent together the whole day. <laughs> and it was... <laughs> I, even now, that must be 13, 14 years ago. Lads still talk about it. That ran that under 21. Really, yeah? Yeah. But we actually did it on the next day. So we eventually got about two hours kip. Like you're freezing, rattling. Because again, you think you're going to City West for the weekend. Like, and it's, it must have been like 30 for New Year's Eve probably. And then we ended up playing a game on the way back. <laughs> like after 36 hours of this, we played DIT in a challenge game and lads couldn't even move. Like, But yeah. I'll never forget it. Like still exactly what you'd be saying. It's something you remember and you talk about because it's so out of the ordinary. Like, yeah. Like you do things even, I've done it in work where there's kind of, there's away days and things like that, but there's nothing like that type of stuff uh, for sports teams to go on. And the whole premise is like, it takes you out of your comfort zone. It forces you into relationships and it forces mm. you into, that's why it was particularly good for us an under 21 team because we didn't know each other really. We were kind of just brought in and it's a short season. We did a couple of things with Dublin <laughs> on the senior side where you know each other a bit better. But but definitely for bringing lads out of their comfort zone and building kind of relationships where, where you're not going to get that on the training pitch. You can train hard, of course you can, and stuff mm. like that. But those away camps and things like that, they are they're yeah. invaluable to teams. And yeah, a lot things, of lot, they're the things you remember mostly. I would say yeah. out of more so than any big games we won or or even nights out after games and things like that, which which generally kind of bond players and stuff like that. The the camps that you go on and the, the trips you went on are really what you remember and you, you talk about with lads 10, five, 10 years later, you know? Yeah. yeah. Even at club level, like we we had done two like that. We'd done a, a kind of an army one up in the Curra one day and it was it was actually Brandy stuff. Jeez. But it, but it was great. And I would look back, that was the year we won a we won a junior championship and I would look back and think that that was nearly it a day that it clicked for us like we had an horrendous year up yeah. to that but you just you're looking around at boys and you're all kind of pulling together and doing the same thing and then another year we went on a training weekend up to Donegal which is class like we all forked out for it like and Eamon McGee took a session for us but you pick up things and you rem- I remember things from the two training sessions we did those yeah. days like little tips because you're getting something different and a different voice so uh, I know there's a lot of different companies that are running um, team but building the biggest thing on it we're checking out and Jimmy you, you said like it's go cracky. Like you yeah. do. You're like, you need that. You're sitting around and you're in the middle of some of this stuff and you're going, what in God's name mm. are we at here? Like, like totally like fish out of water stuff. And you're just laughing with the lads beside you. Like this, I remember Alan Brogan, we did an army thing. <laughs> like he, he's, none of us are made for Alan Brogan. Definitely isn't made for it. And uh, he was crawling through the woods at like three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> just into, like lads crying laughing. <laughs> this is just, some images you get from these moments and it's, it is something that stays with you way more than some of the great scores or great wins you have in Crow Park and things like that. And look, it's part of the journey, I suppose. And if it's, if it's worse, not many teams talk about it. Yeah. That's why for Fitzy to come out and kind of go into that detail. Well, he, he wrote about another year and uh, I don't know if you were on this one, James, or if you, you read this far down the article, but he wrote about another year you went to the Blaskets and uh, you mentioned there the likes of... Um, you know, Galvin, Tomas, Scooch, big personalities leaving. Well, this is a year that Jason Foley was first in the squad for the first time. So he's only a kid, like. And he uh, stayed over the weekend in the Blaskets. And Liam Hassett took it upon himself to call everyone up at half five to be ready for sunrise. And for the crack, 
he wore a child's Halloween mask to give the lads a fright. Most of them were either up already or wise to the gag. Poor Jason was sleeping like a baby and got the fright of frights when he opened his eyes to see this mask a foot from his face. He thought some crowd was after attacking us. <laughs> so, do you know, yeah. like, yeah. That's but that is unreal to get new fellas involved and into the, into the crack of things. Yeah. Once you're part of a story like that, you're part of the group. Yeah. yeah. But I think you have to be, you have to be way more than just a good football team to be kind of challenging for the very biggest prizes. I think you have to be so close. Like you don't have to like each other, but like you yeah. have to know each other inside out yeah, and be yeah. very close and comfortable with each other. Like, but like there are obviously times as well where, you know, training camps or training weekends away can backfire. And you mightn't be thinking of this, but five days ago, the Irish news broke the story that James McCarthy had actually left the Down County WhatsApp group and he had told the county board that he was stepping away from his post because they'd gone in a training camp to Dublin and seemingly the majority of the squad broke uh, the rules and went on the beer that weekend. So McCartan now is rolled back. The players are training. Though, to be fair, like. Yeah, you just wonder now, like Down are obviously in, in quite a bad place at the minute. McCartan was appointed very late on. He's a legend. He obviously had where Down were when he first took over them in 2010 to where they are now. I'd say he's dealing with a completely different prospect. Um, they've got a couple of the boys back from Kilku, but not many. So I don't know whether that's going to bring the down boys together or further away. But anyways, they, they sorted it out, I think, midweek. McCartan stayed away for a training session or two and he, I think he's been rolled back in. They're playing Monaghan in a couple of weeks. So that is going to be one to keep an eye on. Did that training camp work out for down? But that might that might even even go in their favour because <laughs> like the players have to go and almost say admit fault there and get the manager back on side and it might knit them a bit tighter. Maybe. You know? Like even, even a bad thing coming out of a group, if you fix it, is now a positive. Yeah. You know, but like, I just think the, the crack out of those training camps is, is something else. But there was, we went and, um, I forget which trip it was now. I think it was Johnstone House we went and we had a load of new fellas in. So what we all had to do was put in Peter Crowley and Johnny Buckley were over the, the punishment committee. Everything we did was ruled with fear around this time of a punishment. But <laughs> Tortures. Is all you yeah, did? Just tortures, yeah. So we had to put in a punishment each. So you had to think of something and put it into a hat. And at the end of the day, do you remember when Zebo had to throw that thing yes. to the Monster Rugby crowd? Yeah. On the, no, it was Lions. Like it was the Lions thing. Or on the, sorry, yeah, on the Lions trip. He had, to ring, like he had to ring Van Gran and ask him to... So yeah, that yeah. was it. He lost He lost whatever it was. The forfeit was ring... It wasn't Van Gran. It was somebody else. Ring Rob the Monster Penny. coach, Rob Penny, and ask him to be captain. Yeah. Yes, yeah. So it was like that. So he did something on the week. Uh, someone would do something during the week. You'd have to put your hand in instead of rolling a ball. You put your hand in and pick out a punishment that anybody could have written. And then, right. if you pull out your own, you have to do your own, and you have to go again. So, if you pulled your own, you were rightly goose. I stayed in the room for the week anyway, just in case I was going to have to do something. But Kahal Lang, who was actually on the London panel, he wasn't actually playing last this week. I'm not sure why, but he was on the London panel. But he was only new into the panel. He was kind of quiet and uh, finding his feet. Did something anyway. I forget what he did. Had to put his hand in. <clears throat> so he pulled on the thing. And what we were doing was we were all eating dinner in one room and the management were in another room kind of down the, down the hall a bit in a smaller room. So we had to go down and eat dinner. No one too bad. Nobody had to go and eat dinner with the management. Um, he was only in now but a fortnight uh, without saying a word and without his knife and fork. So he went in <laughs> and he wasn't allowed, he wasn't allowed actually have eye contact with anyone either, I don't think. So he pulled his, he put his plate in, went in to Eamon and Hassett and 
few more. Sat down. No knife and fork. I think it was like casserole or something we were eating as well, like something pure, sloppy and messy. And I had to eat it with his fingers. Yeah, it was. He had to eat it with his fingers. And he, he lasted about 20 minutes in there. And they were like, this fella is not right at all. Like, what, what is going well, on? Well, the boys, didn't it? Did Fitzmaurice and them know what was happening? It was They're only like, players saying so. He, yeah, he was absolutely oh. devastated when he pulled it out. And he, oh, to, no. he lasted about 20 minutes. And uh, Fitzmaurice just came into us afterwards and just started shaking his head and was like, he fuckers. <laughs> but those kind of funny stories are just, they're worth it. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, 100%. Your man, tell me your man stayed on the panel for the championship, surely. He did, yeah, he was around for yeah. the year, yeah. Yeah, you couldn't drop him after that. Like. Yeah, no, that's, it was great. That's better than 10 good weeks of training for him. The lads yeah. wasn't yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. In fact, no, he, he was good sport for it. Right. Let's run through the results very quickly. We had three games in the championship. On Saturday evening, Tyrone held off Kieran Donnelly's for Mana. 217 to 210. And we're going to get into analysis of that in just a moment. And then on Sunday, in the Connacht quarterfinals, we had Leitrim 312, London 211. Leitrim were actually eight points up in this game with 10 minutes to go. Mm. and London nearly pulled off the comebacks of all comebacks they got two late goals one of them was a cracker like a soccer shot into the top corner um, and they scored a point to put a point between it they had a couple of chances to, to equalise it Emlyn Mulligan was brought on and within I think there were six minutes of injury time and, and Andy Moore and threw in Emlyn Mulligan Mulligan actually ended up making an interception on the full back line um, and then a minute or two later I don't know. A minute or two later, Leitrim broke and Ryan O'Rourke buried the kind of game-winning goal. So the one by four, relief all around. So we'll chat about that in a little while. And then the final game of the weekend over in Gaelic Park. Brilliant scenes. Sligo won 16, New York 15 points. Not many people have given New York much of hope coming into this week. We didn't really know what they were going to bring to the table. Very, very, very enjoyable game of football. Um, New York had some savage footballers on show. And a couple of frees from Niall Murphy in injury time um, kind of dragged Sligo over the line. New York actually had a chance to equalise it again. They had drawn at level a couple minutes ago, had another chance in injury time to hit the post. Nine Medine from down hit the post and Sligo again pulled away one by four. So that was the games this weekend. We are going to be talking about them in a moment. We're going to look ahead to some of the big games next weekend. We're going to take some of your questions from the Football Pod listeners a little later. And we're also going to be picking Paddy Andrews' team for his fantasy Gaelic team. So if you haven't joined already, go join the Fantasy Football League for the fantasy, for the football pod here. So I will tweet out the link. I will tweet out the code afterwards. So you can check us out at footballpod underscore GAA. All you have to do is log on to the Fantasy Gaelic Championship website. That'll bring you in. You can sign up. It's a tenner to sign up, but the money goes to the own Rua GA club. So it's like their fundraiser. It's like all different clubs, so many different fundraisers these days. It's a great idea. Everyone can play along. We all get a bit of crack out of it. And that goes, the proceeds go to their underage hurling development. Um, and I think the football development up there. And they put up cash prizes too. We'll be putting up a couple of prizes. We uh, we had our top three last week that we, we revealed and I'll be sending out those prizes very soon to the three winners. So join our league. We'll be chatting about it every week. Have the crack with us. You are listening to episode 13 of the Football Pod with Paddy Anders and James O'Donoghue. We're going to be back right after these talking Tyrone. You're very welcome back to episode 13 of the Football Pod with Paddy Andrews and James O'Donoghue. Boys, Saturday night, the All-Ireland Champions were in action. We've been asking lots of questions of them. James O'Donoghue christened them. Relegation candidates at the very start on his his very first pod. James, were you impressed this time around watching them in action on Saturday evening? I was, but very hard to read into that game. Um, 
they're playing you know decent enough football but at the same time they're playing a division 3 team they need to seriously up it i know they got they got um kind of good reviews on the sunday game last night but i don't know would i agree with it um like their big players need to play well we know that and they are um but they looked open at the back which was something that was kind of surprising um for man they got two goals yeah. they could have easily got two more um, yeah, and if there's a team who have a couple of weeks, or sorry, probably a fortnight is what you're going to get. If someone has a proper Division One team as a fortnight to assess a Tyrone, they'll be able to pick those holes in them. Um, so I think that if Tyrone are to go forward, they're going to need to to fill those holes in defence because they seem to have it nailed going forward. Um, especially with the midfield contributing now so so well to attack, but they need to get um those goal chances out of their game. Like the, the second for man a goal, it's a, it's a lovely bit of quick thinking from Sean Quigley, and there's probably not many footballers in the country who pulls that off. But but how do you get away with that in another championship game? Frank Burns asleep at the wheel there, like yeah. for both the goals. Like. I think he's a really good player, but. On the defensive side of things, the same with the, the first goal as well. Just way, way too easy. But it's, I, I think Tyrone's first half display was just totally lacking energy. Like for Manor, were good to be fair. To, right? Like for Manor, brought a lot to the game. They kind of mixed it up well. They were delivering some direct ball inside into Quigley and the guys, and looked dangerous inside. But they started causing Tyrone a lot of trouble as well when they're running the ball at them. So. It looked like like Cunnell Jones has a he scores a goal in the second half, but he has an unbelievable chance in the first half yeah. where he kind of just panics. And you're thinking, I actually thought he'd kicked it wide at first. Yeah. I was like, Jesus Christ, he's had a howler here. But it's literally just settled the nerves and just pop a ball across the goal. Uh, the young lad, the wing forward, Largo Ellis. I know he gets a goal as well, but a few minutes before that, exact same thing. Yeah. He, he kind of butted the left-handed hand pass. Across. Yeah. You know, he's, it's the right thing to do but just badly executed but it was kind of if you're looking at what, how is that happening to Tyrone because I, I don't think they're that bad defensively you look at their display last year and kind of shutting Kerry down in the semi-final closing off the space it's a real communal effort it takes a lot of energy it takes a lot of organisation to set up that defensive structure and you only really get that when they're all mentally switched on and they weren't on Saturday night and I've been in, played in games like that where you, you know you're going to win this game. And that's no disrespect for Man of Tyrone. We're never going to lose that game. And you got the sense of that in the first half. You could see it in their play. It was just flat across the board. I thought Myler was good, but was excellent. He kind of took the fight to from in the first half. McCurdy was quiet in the first quarter, but kind of kicked into gear as well. Mm. And Kilpatrick was very good again. Those three players kind of got thrown through the first half and then in the second half, McKenna's introduction. Made a difference. Say, oh, a massive difference. But yeah. it was just a bit of a spark. And there was energy there. And I'd say they got told a few home fruits at halftime as well. Because the, the difference in energy and tempo, they would look for man are probably tired a little bit as well. But Tyrone blew them away in the second half. And that's what you expected from Tyrone from the get-go. But how porous they were defensively, I think was, was a little bit of complacency across the defenders. Like I said, it's the second goal is a clear example of that. The game's over. There's four lads having a chat with Joe McQuillan for some reason. Yeah. And the ball's just popped to, to Colonel Jones to, to roll it into the net. So, look, th- th- there was definitely things they'll take to work on that. They're obviously missing Peter Hart and Matty Donnelly, who we know 
they weren't going to risk in a game like that. We know how important they are for the dairy match. Um, but they'll need to improve massively from where, they, where they're at because there's far the next game they have in two weeks time is a massive step up from, from Fermanagh and what they're going to get from Derry and basically it's just going to keep going up and up and up if they go through the Ulster Championship into the All-Ireland Series so yeah. Yeah, some positives McKenna's intro was a positive but then you look at what happens at the end is he going to be missing for the for the Derry game I'm sure they're going to appeal that one but mm, kind of we'll talk about that we'll talk about that yeah you, you, <laughs> That's an interesting one. You reckon they might have been reared on in the, at half time. You could definitely hear the throw management and coaching staff shouting them on in the first half, trying to add a bit more energy into it. Like, can it be? It strikes me that you never struggled to get up for those early Leinster Championship games. Like, um, Carlo, Carlo really put it up to you one year, but you seem to always turn it on. There was a couple of pacings you handed out across the years, too. Yeah. And, and again, that, that wasn't really coming from the management. That was kind of coming from the, the squad. That if, whoever was named in the first 15 for this game, you basically had nine or 10 lads itching on the bench to kind of get in and there'd be lads that would have been pissed off that they weren't playing. Mm. So that put pressure. I would, would have played a lot of those games from the start and would have felt pressure to perform. Even if we're winning this game by 20 points, which in some cases we were, you still had to keep doing the right things. You still had to be flat to the mat. And that's, that's the beauty of the squad, I'd say. And maybe... Maybe that could be an issue for Tyrone. We touched on it last week that they're missing some of those players. Um, but I, I again, I can kind of you could just see that the difference between the first half and the second half, like Fermanagh running through Tyrone, just guys not tracking runners, guys just completely switching off. It was a lackadaisical first half performance. Yes, and then the minute Tyrone turned it on, they showed their class and they completely blew Fermanagh out of the water in the second half. So, um. It's not the worst thing in the world. It kind of gives Fergal Logan and Brian Dewar a bit of a stick to beat the lads with going into the Derry game to go, look, we seen how poor we were in the first half. You do that against better teams than, than Fermanagh, you'll be in serious trouble. Like the fact that Moyler's goal kind of got them out of jail and they went in a point up at halftime. You can see really they, they, they probably should have been behind at halftime. Yeah, there were three down after 23 minutes and you could yeah. just see Moyler's celebration. Like he, it was a great goal. Like he made a brilliant run nice little finish but there was a bite in the celebration it was nearly like a statement like he was roaring back to the rest of his teammates to be fair to him he kind of carried it the whole way through the first half he was kind of driving forward like I said McCurry was quiet enough in the first quarter but then kind of kicked into gear the McShane thing lads I know he finished well maybe clips three points over the course of the game he's still nowhere near the form he's at and I can see Toronto trying to force him into form which at times you kind of just have to do. You have to play them and just go, just keep playing. It's going to click at some stage. They know the quality's there, but again, first half in particular, I thought he struggled again. And really was McKenna's intro, to be fair, who's had a really quiet season to date. He came on and was the spark for everything. It was just, there was an energy there now. There was purpose in their attack. You know, he's the chip up and he kind of goes for goes for goal and gets blocked down when they get a point over. He creates the first goal with a shot off the post. It was just that energy and all of a sudden Tyrone were running with purpose and they were overrunning for Mana. And he brought that through in the second half. And that's when it kind of opened up and Tyrone could kind of ease into the game. But that first half display was just nowhere near the level from Tyrone. They'll know that themselves. Yeah. I think the lads, to be fair, the analysis was pretty, pretty damning yeah. at that in the first half as well. You know, it was pretty obvious. You could see their, their energy on kickouts. 
conceding short kickouts again second half they just pushed up and said no scrap that Derry Derry will be looking on licking their lips and waves James McKenna he came back um, I think it was the when the GA first came back after 2020 he came back from uh, back from Australia and I think with a game against Kerry himself and Canavan had a real connection that day and it kind of sparked to life in that I think it was that league before the championship um, back then in, in, in late 2020 and we were all really excited about Conor McKenna and what he could bring and then last year's All-Ireland he was coming in off the bench and he was making an impact when he was coming in Yeah, huge contribution in the All-Ireland final how would you get the best out of a fellow like Conor McKenna? Well I think he's I think he's an excellent excellent player right but he seems to be kind of caught at the moment because they're trying to get McShane right. And I don't think you can start the two of them. Or I think that's maybe what they're thinking. That at the moment, between the two of them, do they have enough legs inside there to do the damage? Uh, McCurry is going to be a guaranteed. Uh, Canavan's looking like he's going to be a guaranteed. So it's one of, one of the two. Um, in terms of getting the best from him, I mean, I thought he was outstanding when he came on at the weekend because he, he, he injected the pace. You could see when he, for the, for the goal attempt that was knocked in, he just got in a bit of space. They stepped off him. He pinged it inside and he was gone again. He just looked yeah. sharp. He looked like he wanted it. He looked like he had something inside him. He wanted to prove a point. Now, the thing is, sometimes when you're that good coming off the bench, you can almost pigeon your hole into a, into a substitute's position because you, you can inject that but uh, if I was if I was the Tyrone management I'd be looking at starting him because I think he does have something different uh, where would you put him ball winner. would he be an 11 for you no I'd play him inside um, he kind of he kind of roams a bit anyway when he's when he's there doesn't he mm. um, and he comes out he can contest kickouts from there whether I'd play him 11 yeah you could but I think, think he's better Jimmy, inside like, like, he was playing 15 last year wasn't he like he did well if you see what they're trying to do with McShane and McCurry to keep inside the 21 and Derek Hanneman's kind of coming out and playing around the top of the D and he's that nearly suits his game and he'll be the first receiver from kicks from midfield and then he can jink and he's very elusive and pop the ball inside. I like McKenna around the middle. Yeah, I, I, I think Kilpatrick and, and Kennedy are going to be their guys for midfield so you'll probably end up probably playing him at 11. I know they had Michael O'Neill starting at 11 and coming back didn't really work out at the weekend. Not a great start with the, the black card um, and then taking off at halftime for McKenna. So it is a tricky one for Tyrone because they've seen the value of, of energy off the bench. Most certainly last year in getting them over the line and winning the All-Ireland. We've all spoke about it, particularly modern GAA. You need to have that impetus coming in around a 45, 50-minute mark. McShane was brilliant at it last year for Tyrone. That's the challenge they're going to have um, by losing some of those guys over the last couple of months but like behind I, McKenna on the bench you have Michael Conroy coming on kicking his first championship score you have Brian Kennedy coming on you have Connor Shields coming on who's a defender um, you have Ben McDonald coming in Liam Rafferty like it's, it's no X Factor there I feel after McKenna there no. wasn't and like no. you did mention Kenevin, you know, Kenevin was that X Factor and McShane yeah last year you know so like Mm, I, I, I think the biggest thing the, the positive for Tyrone from it is the form he brought in it was a brilliant 35 minute display drawback is obviously can they get him off for the Derry match but I mean they're, they're playing Division 3 team as well Paddy like, I, it's hard to read into that game too much you're talking yeah. about fair enough they're playing a Division 3 team the intensity even in the first half isn't going to be that high never mind mm. the second half it's going to almost die off completely 
Do you know, so you but, but for McKenna, James, he hadn't shown anything year to date. All through the National League, and he played some of these games, started a couple, and then was coming off the bench, and there, there was there was nothing happening for him. And you're kind of thinking, Jesus, what's the story here? So yeah. for him to just get any sort of positive impact, and it was really positive. I thought he was brilliant. Yeah, he was brilliant. That, that's a positive for him. They got through the game with Peter Hart and Matty Donnelly. We don't know their time frame. I'm sure they're going to be looking to get those two boys back for yeah. the game against Derry. Um, so that's a positive side of it as well. McCurry's kind of carried on where he left off last season. So he's flying it. But there's definitely issues there. Yeah. But they can nearly use the positive. Don't lads. Yeah. Don't be getting complacent. You're not, we used to always think you're not good enough to be complacent. If you drop your standard, someone's going to catch you. Mm-hmm. And that with, with, with Tyrone, particularly the Ulster Championship, if they perform like they did in the first half against Derry, might get away with against Derry, but then they're going to play Monaghan in a semi-final. They will not win that championship with a display like they gave in the first 35 minutes. So that's that can nearly be a good thing for a team, for mm-hmm. coaches to kind of say it's a kick in the hole for everyone. Yeah. Um, but Just, the job, job well done, they're true. As we expected, but does it change? Bodie and Adrian Colors to the mass with the Ulster Championship predictions last week. Does it change? Would Tyrone's performance in any way alter what you're predicting? No, no, James? I don't think so. I don't think okay, like with with Tyrone for those two goals to go in, especially, I think was a good thing for them because if they'd coasted to, I think they were up twelve points at one stage. If they'd coasted yeah. to a fifteen point win. They'd all be tapping each other on the back. No, they, they probably wouldn't. But, you know, they'd be half thinking in the back of their head, so we did quite well there. Whereas now, because the two goals went in and they were so soft, they're questioning each other and they're going, as that wasn't good enough. So it actually will bring a bit more of a spark in training. Okay. So sometimes an easy win like that can soften you. Just yeah. a, bit of a, a bit of a question mark is good for them going into that Derry game. Agreed. Looking briefly at the Talchin Cup, we haven't got any, um, we won't have any fixtures for that for another little while and the makeup will make itself clear as the games go on. Like we mentioned last week in Munster, if Tipperary happened to get to the Munster final, Waterford will be the only team from Munster in the Talchin Cup. So it'll be interesting to see what teams end up there. Would Fermanagh, like any of New, like let's take for granted that, you know, the big teams get through in Connacht. Would Sligo, Leitrim, Fermanagh, London, New York, any of those teams, would they have impressed you enough to say that they might give this Talchin Cup a rattle? Paddy, Fermanagh give you, show you anything yesterday? Yeah, I, th- I thought the first half display was positive. I think their full forward line are guys that can score. Mm. It's at half the battle. I thought that they're in, I thought they brought the game to Toronto quite well in the, in the first half. There was a good variety in their play. Like I said, their athleticism the running game, but then they mixed it up quite well with their kicking game as well. Ryan Jones kicking some lovely scores. Cunnell Jones, obviously, despite the bit of a haymaker in the first half, takes his goal really well in the second half. There's enough there from for Mana, And it won't just be for Mana. You'll see this over the next couple of weeks. The Telton Cup will be a really, really competitive competition because it's it's linked to that league placings in Division 3 and 4 teams, which are unbelievably competitive divisions through the spring and you're going to see that and the positive aspect for, for teams and the whole idea behind it is they're not going to be waiting six weeks or two months till they play their next game it's going to be run in conjunction with the senior championship that it gives allows teams to build momentum and that okay for men are going to be disappointed with that second half performance but they can regroup over the next couple of weeks and then they roll into the Talton Cup um, and get games in a, in, a, in a shorter space of time where they're able to kind of take things through so I think it's going to be really open and that, that's the point of it and that's what you want that it is going to be unpredictable but I think they'll have a massive saying that yeah 
Mm. It'll be great to see them. be great to see New York getting a second outing because it's been a long time since I, I don't know if they've ever had a second championship game. But um it'd be it'd be great to see that. Obviously a number of uh, Irish American or American Irish born players. Um you had Johnny Glynn talking out for them. Yeah, yeah. Man, Barley as well, kicking some scores John, as well. Johnny Glynn talks about bigger than a football jersey, I'm telling you. Like the marks that he fetched in that first half, the the New York keepers just targeting him with them. Like, so yeah, Sligo came through that game. Sean Carabine, who had got his red card overturned, had a massive impact in that game, especially in the first half when New York were, were really kind of pushing, pushing Sligo. Carabine scored a brilliant goal. Um, Pat O'Connor played well, and then Murphy kicked a couple of points as well. And then with Leitrim, Andy Moran wouldn't be, would have been sweating. We should have had a manager cam on Andy. Paddy, I know you wanted to get over this game this week. They did it this week without Keith Byrne, who was the second top scorer in the league this year. Um, afterwards, I thought it was quite interesting. Andy was speaking to more Trusty Kelly, and not because of he's a Mayo man, but he wants Mayo to beat Galway next weekend because he wants to play them in Carrick and Shannon. So if, if Galway win, Leitrim will be playing Galway in Galway in the Connacht semi-final. If Mayo win, they'll be going down to Carrick. And Andy thinks that... Uh, well, I don't know what he thinks, but, you know, obviously we had witnessed that pasting on national television that Mayo gave Leach from last year. There's obviously a huge carrot there to try and improve on that this year again. Yeah, on it, Tommy, and that's why, look, traditionally you're expecting Sligo to beat New York and Leach to beat London. That's kind of the history of the championship. That's, those teams are always going to struggle to pick up wins. And for Leach and Sligo, with the tradition they have, they should be winning those games. But realistically, I remember chatting with Andy about this and... And people ask me about it last year when he when he's kind of taken the Leitrim job. They're um and for Tony McEntee in Sligo as well. So Tony McEntee, unbelievable success with with Cross McLean and then involved with, with Mayo in, in some of their iconic titles and, and all Ireland uh, finals against us. They're unbelievably driven and successful players in their own right. They know the game inside out, and you're thinking they are hard jobs to take on. That you could go in where where Leitrim and Sligo were respectively. And you could be a brilliant coach. You could get the absolute maximum out of the players that, that, that are at your disposal. And you might not win a game over the course of that season. You could play Mayo in the first round of the championship. You play Galway in the first round of the championship. And you're getting a big beating. And all the work you've put in, what, what does success look like? It's very hard for, for coaches to go in, coming from environments that they were in, competing for All-Irelands, to go in and do loads of brilliant work. But if you're in the public just looking at it going, well, they were hammered there in that game. What have they done? And it's a very hard way to be judged. So those two games at the weekend and their performances through Division 4 in the National League, there is progress there. There's tangible reward. You can see the work Andy is doing with Leitrim. You can see the work that Tony McAdee's done with Sligo. If they picked up wins, narrowly miss out on Division 4 promotion, but win those two championship games. And now they go in and you're right. We, we all watched that game, the Sunday game last year, 24-point defeat for, for Leitrim and Castlebar. Sligo, I think, looking at the score here, actually with it down before it, they were beaten by 20 points by Mayo and Markovich Park. The year before, they don't even play in the championship troops to COVID. And the year before, Roscommon beat them by 13 points. These two counties have not had any anything to shout about over the last five or six years. So for them to pick up those wins, one throughout the spring in the National League and win three or four games, and win those two games yesterday and get a championship win under the belt. That is progress for the work that is going on in Leitrim under Andy and his coaching team and with Tony and what he's doing in Sligo as well. And there's massive respect due for that. 
they'll be up against it in their semi-finals, whoever they play. Yeah. But they now have might have momentum going in from what they've done into a Talton Cup that we're hoping is going to does what it says in the tin and, and promote big championship games in the summer for these counties. I think home advantage will be a massive thing there, whatever way it goes. Like it was interesting. Obviously, the Cork Kerry saga is rumbling on. The Sligo 20s this week, um, they actually threatened to boycott their their under 20 championship Connacht game this week against Mayo because the, the Connacht Council had fixed the game for the Connacht Centre of Excellence, which is in Mayo. But Sligo made the point that the last time these two played in 2019, it was in Castlebar. So they were not playing this game unless it was in Markovich Park. And uh, the Connacht Council rolled back this evening and said that the game is going to be in Sligo this year. So home advantage, massive for these counties. Like I, We were getting tagged in videos this way, weekend from the Leitrim Ultras, uh, you know, yeah. over over in London. They make it home in one piece. Singing. They, well, actually, they, they joined me and Dahi Regan on GA Late Night last night, our phone-in show. Uh, so we had a chat with a few of them. That was, was last crack. night, Tommy. Where are they today? I don't know. So hopefully hopefully we'll hear from them and, and hear that uh, they made it back. It was Connor and Ryan Higgins that were sending us on the videos. Thanks for keeping us in on that. But um, I remember speaking before about, you know, developing a fan culture. Um, I had a chat with a fellow before, but the, how did GA could possibly develop a fan culture, you know, where teams are travelling to matches or, or fans are travelling to matches on buses and not not even in the, the Premier League sense but like those away day trips and I just think that if if the league championship maybe one day was brought in you might see that if it was summertime you were hopping on a bus to go down to Carrick and Shannon to, to watch a competitive championship match you'd bring a heap of people around it'd be unbelievable luck um, and you have all these songs and the chanting going as well so maybe Definitely, we'll see but a bit those games, like those games will bring those crowds Tommy if they're competitive games 100%. like that's what I think the Telton Cup it could be a huge success like if the supporters get on board with it and they know how much work the Leitrims and Sligos have put in that they go and they back their team like it could be a big but, success but the coverage has to be there as well like, like why it, on earth was London or London Leitrim not streamed this weekend why not put it on show? Do you know? Yeah. Give it a three minutes. I'm not, I'm not blaming the Sunday game for saying this because they, they are a show that have to try and show like, you know, two hours of, an hour and a half, two hours to show how many games every weekend. I don't know how they're going to do it next week with like nine football games and nine, six hurling games. But like, why wasn't it streamed? Like, I just don't understand. And if the Tatchin Cup is going to be a success, you have to put these games on. Let people pay for it go and watch the game if you want to watch it or pay for it to watch it afterwards. Then we can go and analyze it properly as well. So I just think yeah. that's gonna, that's a big point and one worth making. I think as we're going along, I'd like to get a, a rating off you of how you think a team is going to go in the Talchin Cup. So we'll park for Mana, London and Leitrim until we get their fixtures and see what who they're yeah. up against next. But I think that'd be a way of doing it. We might try and rank them and see how they're getting on as the Talchin Cup goes along. So um, those fixtures be interesting will come interesting to see if the league positions has a direct correlation, you know, in terms of if, if third in Division 3 or the relegated Division 2 team comes yeah, out and wins who, it. Who technically should be favourites? Like Offaly. Offaly were relegated and down. down. Yeah, but down to fall to pieces now with the management. You think? <laughs> <laughs> they only need to stop the rights out and coppers. <laughs> I, would say if, I would say if Tip don't make the Munster final, Tip have a fair shout. Yes. You know, I would say possibly Cavan have a fair shout. And I would also say Westmead who are quite a poor league campaign I, I would back Westmead as the type of team that could turn it on because they've, you know, players like John Heston and boys that yeah. have done it before over the last decade or so, they might turn it on in oh, Tatton yeah. Cup, you know? So, um, yeah. But just in right, terms when of when what... you go through games like that in the summer, Saturday nights, they could be, there could be some brilliant games. Have to genuinely, them. there could be big crowds at it. And 
the player is getting reward for for the work they've put in here to date that you get 15,000 or 20,000 there in, in these provincial grounds I, I think it could be massive that's why it's been brought in so it's hopefully not a great start in terms of coverage for smaller counties from the weekend but look hopefully it's done right over the next couple of months and, and it is a success because the players deserve it and the, the coaches everyone involved in those setups deserves it O'Rourke was writing this weekend about um, America beckoning for the counties in the Talchin Cup and uh I'm going to have to go looking for this tweet now because it was absolutely genius. It was about two weeks ago and I'm going to go look for it and get your man's name. He was based in Vancouver and he said, lads, stop bloody tweeting me. He goes, my DMs are full of boys asking me to bring me over to Vancouver. I wouldn't mind if they were all David Clifford's, but they're not. I just thought it was very funny. Your man getting plagued, looking for accommodation, a job and a a bit of football in summer. You never went over and, and played. I somehow snaked my way over to play for Mayo Boston in 2012. The club folded the following year. I don't know whether that's because they were bringing out boys like me. Too much credit on you. Too much. What happens. I didn't get paid anything. I didn't even get sorted with a job. I had to get my own job after about three weeks when I ran out You're of money. Still. But I uh, played a bit of football that, that summer in Boston. I told you James Forget about getting roasted from a fella in uh, Killarney. Tony Braston. Was it wasn't it was Tony, Tony wasn't. No, no, it wasn't. Oh, it was Jan Payne. It wasn't. I'll tell you his Painter. name now. Chris. Oh, Chris Brady. Chris Brady absolutely roasted me. I am not a cornerback and I was put cornerback marking Chris Brady and uh, I'm very sure he was at the night beforehand and he took me to the He game. has an All-Ireland club and about six county championships. He's from Crokes, yeah. yeah. I realised I realized that afterwards when I was chatting to him. But yeah, not I. I didn't I, I was didn't supposed to go to um, to Boston I think 2010. You told Myself and Jonathan Lyon, yeah. And I, we made the carry panel. We didn't even know. We were in training but we were only two Joe Soaps and we checked the Kerry J website on the Thursday night. We're supposed to be going on the Sunday or the Monday <laughs> on the Thursday night. Oh, you we agree? After making the panel 29 and 30 on the panel. And uh, oh my God, we'd already sent over our buddy, Jamie Sullivan, was already <laughs> over there waiting for us. And uh, we had to ring him and say, we're not coming. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was absolutely priceless. All we were worried about really was who was number 29 and who was 30. And who, who got the better jersey? Lino got the, the 29. All right, he still he still holds that over me. What club were you supposed to go over to? Kerry Boston, I'd say. Okay. I think, anyway, it was a long time ago now, 10 years. We were negotiating with a few. We were on to New York as well. I believe it. Was it. Funny. It's just funny. Oh, the price yeah, up, like. yeah, yeah. <laughs> the New Yorker after offering another 500. <laughs> you have to put it on. <laughs> Barry, you, enough to go. you were never tapped up for a bit of football state side, were you? Uh, I think I was meant to go one year and I was stopped from going and to be honest all things considered that was probably the best thing for me The Wolf the wolf yeah. on the loose in New York would have been dangerous In my late teens in New York or Boston I would have been under pressure over there I'd say yeah. Yeah. There might be no football pod lads What might have been Did you ever talk to Connolly about his sojourn in Boston? Did he enjoy it? He did enjoy it yeah <laughs> Yeah which is surprising because it could have went either way for him yeah. to be fair but he played unbelievable they won it both years I think I think so it was yeah. Donegal Boston yeah yeah absolutely lording it yeah um, that was in his prime as well <laughs> like, it was like he was he should not have been over there <laughs> what age was he when he went over that was outrageous was like lads 28 or 29 like. what yeah Jeez. like Conley <laughs> he was like he was different gravy playing in All-Ireland 
Garbage matches in Crow Park at that time. After there was videos of him in Canton and Boston and it was just oh. like, he's just and completely... So we, we, so we were seeing the clips because like, we were playing the same day. Like, like, it would have been <laughs> nice if he was here playing against... And, but, and was and was there... Uh, when he was brought back in then, was there... Uh, there was no kind of issues with that. Was there a clamour to bring him back? We all think, get this man back in the door. Because he obviously had a big impact oh, that year. Thermal, like, just... If you wanted to come back, come back. Thermal, thermal. He didn't. He just kind of... The whole idea, and I don't know if I've spoken this before, like, but the way coaches will always come in and be like, everyone's, we're treating you all the exact same. And you're going, yeah, no, no, I get that. But but there are some players who are just different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cantona and Ferguson is like a prime example of that. And that was what Thurman was like with us. It's like, if he was coming back, brilliant. We'd look out for him because we cared about him. And if he wasn't coming back, once he was happy out doing what he's doing, that was the main thing. So uh, between himself and those few lads, they kind of retired two or three times. But uh, I remember looking, seeing the clips. We'd be on the team bus after playing Mayor or Kerry and Croker. And Durham was like back heeling balls over the bar in Boston. <laughs> I was going like, <laughs> some boy out. Yeah. yeah. It was bad enough getting roasted by Chris Brady. I wouldn't, I wouldn't know what to say. Yeah, the poor fellas going over Mark. Mark. It would have been yeah. a raw deal. So yeah. I'm the only person on this pod that hasn't been played in the full back line. And we're all we're three full forward line players. Well it was it was 13 aside. Was I full back? Yeah, I probably was full back. I could have been six actually. It was 13 aside, like, but yeah, it was it was in defence. Yeah. I played the back there, Jimmy. Targeting <laughs> you with the high ball. Like. Have you ever been pushed? You obviously you weren't put in midfield, like have you ever, I was midfield a lot growing up, like and wing back. You've never been pushed back at all. Ten or twelve, I'd say, was as far back as I went. And that was only punishment, I'd say. <laughs> That was only because I couldn't make 13, 14 or 15. No. I couldn't catch it over my head, sure. I don't have to fist yeah, it on. Fair, yeah, yeah. That was just your shoulders though, or was that always oh. the child? It was just disguised by a shoulder. Put it in low. For, for I, can't, I can't find the fellow who tweeted that about Cliff in Vancouver. I'll tweet it during the week. Okay. Mayo Galway. Going to be on at Mikhail Park. David Coldrick is confirmed as the referee. Great ref. Donny Armagh is going to be on a McCool Park in Bally Buffet. Morris Deegan is confirmed as the referee. What a great ref. Joe McQuillan hit the headlines this weekend for obviously sending off Conor McKenna. We pres- presume it was because he was technically the third man in as he got the head pulled off him, the jersey pulled off him and uh, was flattened on the ground. McKenna somehow was the man sent off. It was because we think, James, he was the third man in. As somebody who is accustomed to seeing cards flashed at them at Gaelic in, in GA recently. You can't you, talk no. about this. Okay, Paddy, do you think it was harsh on Conor McKenna? <laughs> yeah, it was harsh. He shouldn't have been taken yeah. off. Yeah. Like, how... I presume it's for the third man in and it's contributing to a melee which has gotten so much airtime, that saying, over the last couple of months. Like, but yeah. Conor Patrick's on the deck. McKenna is going in. There's two or three from Anna lads on Conor Patrick and he's underground. So McKenna's going in being a sound teammate and pushing them off. Doesn't raise his fists, doesn't come in swinging, lashing out, literally just pulling his the Fermanagh guys off, Kilpatrick. He then gets headlocked and nearly like a DDT onto the ground as the top ripped off him. And he's the only guy that gets a red card out of that. It's... I don't think that's right. I think the reaction across the board has kind of shown that it's it's not great. Um, I think Tyrone will appeal this one. I think they 
they might be out be out of favour after the the Fermanagh or the the Armagh where they're on in the spring. And even for, for Joe McQuillan, Joe McQuillan, really experienced ref. He's seen his fair share of this stuff. Like the game was over. Like, does he need that hassle? If he flashes yellow cards to everyone there, nobody bats an eyelid and you get on with it. It wasn't a serious melee. We still for don't the want Logan. to see it. And I understand Logan. why, but I just think, I think it's harsh for, for Conor McKenna if he was going to miss that game against Derry in a couple of weeks' time because of that. I, yeah, I, I agree. Uh, Fergal Logan has confirmed that they will be appealing it. He was also wondering, like, why did they need to send someone off? Could they not have just reviewed it on footage afterwards and dished it out if there's any yeah. issues? But he was also asking the question, like, does there not have to be an allowance that you can protect your teammate? Which is what McKenna was doing. Like, now, in a way, uh, yeah. Every Patrick- coach, Tommy, will say that to you. Every team I've been involved in, if there's a row, you come in and protect your teammates. You don't throw boots, you don't throw your heads, you don't throw punches, but you come in and get your teammates out of there or get them off. If there's three lads and one of my, if I'm on the ground and there's three lads on top of me, I'd be hoping for one of my teammates to come in and give me a bit of a dig out. Yeah, not yeah. by swinging Definitely. reckless things around like that. That's not what McKenna did. So, but there's a saying that we have on There's a saying that we have is go to the point of fighting without fighting if you're protecting a fella. Do you know, like you have to go yeah. in with some sort of force, but you can't actually throw a punch or anything like that, yeah. which is what he did in fairness to him. But the, the bigger issue is if a player is turned over attacking, right? Yeah. Say he overcarries the ball like Kilpatrick did. Mm-hmm. The whistle's blown. He can be absolutely savaged on the ground to get that yeah, ball back. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. ridiculous. They can do whatever he wants because he's overcarried it. Like they basically stuck their hand in his face, ripped the ball, pinned him down. He got a knee in the back. Yeah, and, and what's he doing? What's every, every Tyrone player expected to do then? Go, ah, lads, thanks. Work away. You know, that's not going to happen. So until they stop that, that's the initial cause. And then whatever happens that's after That's starting that, the melee. Exactly. Never mind McKenna coming in. Normally, if the lads aren't acting the absolute... Yeah. Walkers on the ground. But, but that is the way. If there's a turnover, every single defence yeah, is going to do it. Yeah. But Logan, who's a you know a very well respected solicitor as well, uh, said it's fair to say I've been deeply involved in the GA disciplinary processes for a long number of years now, and I've seen virtually every angle of it. And I can tell you, it's causing a lot of difficulty disposition in terms of contributing to a melee. I know yeah. Armagh are in pursuit of it at the moment. McQuillan had a very difficult job out there, and he did very well. But ultimately, on a football field, when a player isn't contributing to a melee, and he's simply looking to the safety of his own teammate or to the safety of others, we have to look at it. Uh, and I firmly believe that Connor was looking to the safety of his own teammate yeah. there, and that's why he jumped in. So, like, and that I think if I was Conor Patrick and McKenna didn't go in, I'd be having words with him. Oh, be, that, but that, there's a story? serious there's problem four, there. Four yeah. lads on me, and you're standing there looking at them. what's the crack? So. Yeah. But, but I'll this, agree with it. this contributing and should get off for the dairy match. Yeah, hopefully. It but this contributing to a melee is just an umbrella this. term that goes in the referee's report that basically says he can send off anyone who's involved. And to be involved, what does that mean? That you're just there? Like it doesn't actually mean you've done anything specific. It just means that you're around that area and you're contributing to that melee. So off you go. Were so you? It's very vague. Did you contribute to Malay a couple of weeks ago or you started the whole thing? <laughs> no, it was the referee who was the third man in getting pushed around, wasn't it? 
But they could, you, you, the you, you, you're taking out about four fellas first. The referee was the third man. He was rushing to give James the, the card. You've thrown four dings in 10 seconds. No, no it wasn't. It was, it was just the one. Ding. It was the one. A one dig. Just one dig. It was a It was a half. Yeah. Oh, push. Sorry. But they can put in their report, Tommy, striking mm. or contributing to melee. So contributing to melee is less. So easy to put it in, like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So if they say striking, they can poke holes in that and it can be overturned. Yeah. Whereas contributing to me, how can you even uh, how can you even so why? Uh, appeal that? Because there's so many things that can happen. Like we, we I, do, I we do not want to see this. Off here, yeah, but hopefully he does. Like, like, but like, I think we are be. seeing too many of these incidents. Like, we are seeing too many of them. But I think at county level, I don't know whether you agree or not. Unless you are absolutely sure, just allow the video evidence afterwards to. To actually just sort like there's so many cameras at club level you might have to flash a couple of reds but like in a county level go and and if there's somebody who's struck if there's somebody who's thrown a boy in a headlock or done something dangerous ban him afterwards it's what they did with the Fermat or the Armad Onegal game at the end of the National League they just let it go for about 30 minutes <laughs> they were looking at it and they were like we'll watch this and we'll name names after but the game was over as well that day you say yeah, yeah, it's easier. It's Joe easier McQuillan, then, isn't it? For Joe McQuillan in, in that game at the weekend, game's over as well. Like, yeah. What a minute left. Yeah. You're going, you don't need this. And the fact that he went around and then gave yellow cards to the other lads, you're like, Jesus, yeah. Joe. Can of worms here. Like, just give them all yellows and nobody would bat an eyelid across the board for any yeah. So we, we're, I think we can look. I think we can look. No, I'm not a, the biggest fan of the AFL, right? But we can look here, I yes, think, yes. for in a way because. Eamon Murray there. Who's that? <laughs> the me, ladies' manager. No, here oh, yeah. comments last week. Jeez. Oh, what, what did he oh, say again? It was a horrible sport. Did you comments last week? No, was it to oh, Vicky Wally? The, the entire yeah. AFL under the bus. It was like, because Vicky Wall is after Simon. And he, he came what out. What does she want to be like, going over there for? Yeah. yeah, this game is a load of nonsense. Oh, no I, skill, it's a disgrace. And I was like, oh man. I missed it. rein it in a little bit. Like Dreadful stuff to watch and no skill at all. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Headline stuff like. A little bit harsh. But in fairness, some of their v- rules Vicky are... Wall will do damage over there. I'll tell you that much. Oh, she'll be off the charts over there. Yeah, yeah. she'll be unbelievable. They're all yeah. flying them, yeah. But some of their rules, lads, will... Are, are very good. Like, especially the one where they, if you don't give up the ball straight away, the ref just puts it yes. under his arm and he takes off 50 meters. <laughs> it's a on early. Yeah. So, like, that that would stop straight away from the forward hanging onto the ball if he does. He has to just drop it. And another punishment, if, if a fella goes in to rip the ball off him, then the free is reversed. Yeah. So I think you, you'd. That's what kicks it out. Without every melee going. That's and the refs, that's the refs will be delighted. Yeah. Look at this, Jimmy Donahue. He's come full circle. Let's get into the book now. I'm growing into lads. I'm growing into lads. Let's get into next weekend, right? Saturday evening kicks us off. Corrigan Park, Antrim against Cavan. On Sunday, we have a feast of football. Mayo Galway, four o'clock. Mikhail Park. We have Donegal Armagh, as I mentioned, Bally Buffet at two. At 3.30 p.m. it's Wicklow and Leash and Ockram. At 2.30 p.m. at Park Talton it's Loud against Carlow. And 3 o'clock it's Wexford against Offaly. I want to know, James, last week you were firmly in the Donegal camp. That was before the breaking news that we got on the pod that Rian O'Neill had been cleared to play. Yeah. Paddy, before any of that news, you were sticking with Armagh. James, yeah. give me the case for Donegal. Why, how are Donegal going to beat Armagh this weekend? Or why are they going to beat them? I think if Donegal put Michael Murphy on the edge of the square and they have Jamie Brennan 
they have McBrearty and they have McHugh up there with them. I think that they have enough individual brilliance to break down Armagh. Whereas I don't think Armagh have the same individual quality. They have an excellent system and they have, they have a way of getting the intensity up to a level that will challenge you. But I think when it comes down to it, towards the end of the game, if those fellas step up, they can do the damage to put Donegal through, especially so, in Bally Buffet. Langan back for Donegal as well. Who? I don't know if Langan's back yet. I was looking Langen, up earlier on. Well, he came on in the league game. Yeah. He came on in the league game against, against Armagh. Um, He's a serious player as well. Uh, so are you saying, James, that, okay, yes, Rian O'Neill is their box office footballer, the lad who'll post the highest score. Are you saying they're lacking? They, they, Armagh are getting scores from everywhere across the league. They're getting scores from midfield, half-back line, defence. Are you saying they're lacking an, you know, another scoring forward? Is that what you're saying, Armagh is, is? I think that they got a lot of scores from counter-attacking situations. Hmm. I think that Donegal will look at that and try and eliminate giving them easy ball to turn over and go at them with. Hmm. They'll probably break down the game a bit. They'll try and put, put them under pressure by giving them a load of kickouts kick points and kick wides because that resets the play and it stops you being counter-attacked. I think that's the key for Donegal because Armagh, in fairness, their forwards have unbelievable hands. They've obviously practiced those long diagonal balls in. If you give the ball away, they'll hurt you. But I think that Donegal also have that ability that if McHugh can, can find Murphy, if McBrearty and Murphy get that link-up play there, Jamie Brennan can always get a goal for you. As we said, Langan, I just think that they have enough firepower there. Do you know, yeah, I know Armagh Arma are coming, but I don't think they're they're going to get Donegal this time. And GB, I agree with you on all of that. You list off the players Donegal have, and, and you're right, they're probably on an individual level more established than this Armagh team. Armagh, the strength is the, is the system, their style of play. Donegal have some brilliant players, but I just think I've been burned by Donegal too many times over the last three or four years <laughs> that we're waiting for them to come up with these big games. And you're looking at the, the quality on, on their 15 and you're going, they should have been dominating the Ulster Championship the last two or three years. They should have been right on our heels with Dublin when we're trying to win all Ireland's. And they keep falling short in games. They keep losing games. They shouldn't lose. There's always a couple of injuries. There's always a couple of guys who don't perform on, on the bigger days. And I'm at the point now, and I might be wrong, and finally they do start playing to their potential. But I didn't see anything in the league to address the issues that Donegal have had over the last two or three years under Declan Bonner. Um, if all of those guys click and McBrearty's kicking spinners from everywhere and Ryan McHugh is dominating the game and Armagh can't get a hold of him and Murphy's back to his best and Langan's kicking his left foot bombs three or four of them. Yes, they have a massive chance but I just, I haven't seen them evidence that they're all going to be able to do that on, on yeah. Sunday and I think yeah, the I momentum is with Armagh, I think the energy is with Armagh. And, and you're waiting on Armagh to win, deliver a big championship win in the Ulster Championship, which they haven't done yet, but they've ticked every box along the way. And I just think, I think Sunday is the day they're going to do that. I've been impressed with how Armagh have developed different shooters across the last 18 months, the amount of players that have come out of the woodwork. Reno Neal being back is absolutely essential to them winning this game because they do have some injury doubts. Aidan Nugent, who kicked 1-6 against Donegal in that league game, is out. He was a brilliant player across the league. Stephen Campbell, who'd been coming off the bench to kick points in most games, is suspended. Nugent suspended. Campbell suspended. Kieran Mackin, who had been a stalwart in midfield, 
is suspended and also injured. There's word now that Rory Grugan, there's doubts about Rory Grugan injury-wise. Oh, if Grugan's and, out, serious he's, pressure. He's their playmaker. Like, and Andrew Mernon, who savage hands, <laughs> playing full forward, okay. has been plagued with injuries over the last couple of years. And when he's played and when he's been fit, he's been absolutely exceptional to watch. He was brilliant against Monaghan last year. Sorry? He's if anyone left, I know, he's no, going to have to play himself, is he? McGeeny, McGeezer and Donaghy and yeah. Kieran McKeever could all be starting. Donegal, again, there's doubts. I'm, I'm reading Carol Kane's piece here a couple of days ago in the Irish News. There's doubts about Langan. He did get 25, 30 minutes against our man that league game. Caelan McGonagall, McGonagall is out, who was uh, impressive in the middle third. Um, he, He's actually back. They're all expected to be back. McGonagall's expected to be back. Kieran Thompson's expected to be back. And then Oshin Gallen and Jamie Brennan, they're hoping are back as well. So I don't know, James, I don't know if you've been reading the Irish news, but like it is looking like Donegal are getting their bodies back. Armagh, it's going the other direction altogether. But Donegal are missing the two boys from suspension, aren't they? McGee. McGee. Is it Owen Bon Gallagher, is it? No, it's McFadden Ferry, Ferry, who've been very good in the league as well uh, in defence. The two clear boys. So that, that if, if all those lads are injured, like you'd be thinking that's a huge advantage for Donegal but even just as much of an advantage is the home advantage like it's on the Ballet Buffet I just think that a championship match at home it's it's like an extra player it's just so crucial I just know from playing in Killarney the difference where you're just kind of we never got any home games in Parnell Park (laughs) you never got any game other than home game you were a joke Never played in Parnell Park in Championship. It's great. There's so anyway. many games. There's so many but games. Jimmy, you're, 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 you are nailed on here for Donegal. You're all in. Well, I, I, well Tommy's after convincing me. I've gone yeah. all in now. Well, I, I don't want to hear it. I love. I'm going to win this one. I absolutely love Armagh. Absolutely love Armagh. You are a fan I just, of Armagh. Yeah. We just, all are, just, especially their style of play. Yeah, I love them. I'm talking myself into Donegal here as well. I actually I actually hadn't realised Thompson. I hadn't realised Thompson and Langham are back. Because when Donegal have let us down before, it's been without... Too many times, of, Tommy. But it's been without the likes of Kieran Thompson. He's essential. He is absolutely essential because he is one of their long-range shooters. And when the, the game through McHugh isn't working, when McBrearty or Murphy aren't possibly firing, it's Langan and Thompson who've been kicking yeah. savage scores. So yeah. they are, I think, utterly essential to how Donegal will get on this year. We have been very frustrated with Donegal over the last couple of years. But maybe, just maybe, this might be the year that we're not talking them up and they come and they do it. That is going to be a cracker. They had a savage record in Bally Buffet for years, James. Um, I think it was a 12-year record. They were unbeaten in the league that they lost earlier this year in championship as well. I think they went 12, 13, 14 years without losing the game in Bally Buffet. Yeah. In Ulster, like, that's very, very impressive. So, Paddy, have we talked you out of it? Are you going to stick with our man? No. Our man got to win. Okay. Okay. Tight down. Are we backing? <laughs> Hang on, you didn't say tight last week. You said you said handsome. He backed our man to win. Get off this game. To win Ulster last week. Go away, Mayo. Paddy, give me the case. Tell me why Galway are going to beat Mayo this weekend. I don't think Galway are going to win. I back Mayo. No, I know you do. Tell week. me why. Uh, how can Galway beat them? How can Galway beat them? I think the industries will be a big part of this. Mm. If Mayo and... It's only a couple of weeks since the league final and you're look, Killian got back on and got 20 minutes. You didn't see anything of Paddy Durkin, Oshin Mullen or Dermot O'Connor. Um, they are, because we don't say, massive players for how Mayo play um, and the Mayo being successful. If 
one or two or three of those guys are missing, that is a massive boost to Galway. You're, we said the issues Galway had towards the end of the league, particularly that league final, was how porous they were defensively against the Roscommon team. Roscommon probably, in terms of scorers, I would say arguably have better forwards than Mayo in terms of out-and-out shooters. So you can kind of see that, but conceding 122 or 121 or whatever it was, was just it was just too nice. It was just too easy for, for Galway. And they had three weeks to try and turn this around and see how can we shut down the Mayo attack. Um, Did they switch off a little bit? Did they taper off? Yeah, and that, that's hard to know because they were impressive through the FBD League and the National mm. League, the kind of steamroll Division 2. And they, I just felt they lost that bit of energy coming towards the end of the league by losing those two games against Roscommon. Um, for Galway, they need Shane Walsh back. He's integral. I was impressed with Comer and Paul Conroy, obviously in the final. They're key players and those three guys need to shoot the lights out if they're going to win in Castlebar on Sunday. The issue I feel they're going to have is that Mayo have guys that can take those players out. Nearly ready-made players who have done it and proven it on the biggest days that they can deal with players like that. And that's the issue I feel for Galway. I think they'll have, if Mayo have their full contingent to pick from, I think they have players that can shut down Conroy they can shut down Shane Walsh and they can shut down Damian Comer. And then you're thinking, where do Galway go from there? That's and why I'm tipping Mayo in this game. Obviously, Mayo's showing in the league final, James. Like we saw two teams. We, we, we mentioned it, that Mayo, if they're not operating at 110%, mm. they're just not there, you know? And they were missing. You need Jim to go Kelty more. <laughs> there you go. Maybe that's it. They were missing <laughs> Jim O'Connor. They were missing... Ushin Mullen, they were missing Paddy Durkin that day. They had a couple of other boys out. There's there's doubts now about them whether they're going to be back from Galway. McLaughlin, I don't know. I don't think we'll hear confirmation either way. I, I think there's always that little bit of mystique and intrigue in the build-up to championship games where we won't know who's going to be playing. The Jordan only thing Flinch. we do know is that they're going to name a completely different team to the team that actually stands. And I will get so excited about the team that's named and then there'll be all so many changes. And it happens yeah. every yeah. single time. Andy Moore will be named. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This is a new one from Horan. Like, how are you feeling this week, James, about this game? It it is a very tough one to call. I was just thinking, if I could put myself in someone's position who I'd want to be this weekend, it would be Ryan O'Donoghue because he's played national league right against Tyrone, who'd be fairly defensively strong. Kerry, who'd the best defensive record. Armagh be fairly robust defensively. Donegal, Monaghan, they all have kind of defensive systems. At the moment, Galway have nothing. They don't have any sort of plan to defend against one of the top forwards in the country. So he is licking his lips at the moment. Like if I was going to say who could be very easily man the match, it would be Ryan O'Donoghue. He could win it on his own if Galway don't fix the problems that we've said over the last couple of weeks. They need to get a defensive system. They need to keep their six defenders at home or five, at least five at all times. And that's the only way they're going to win. But you I think, still think... Do you think Horan will play Killing O'Connor from the start? No. No? Jimmy? <sighs> no, I can't see it. No? Has he played club? Has he played a few club games? What have they done in the last heard, three weeks? I haven't heard that he has. I don't, I don't think they will play him. I think he might play against Leitrim if they get past Galway. I think he might get that game against Leitrim and see where he's at then. I don't I think, think O'Connor's going to start. Do you? Yeah. I think he has to start. Yeah. Don't be like waiting for Leitrim. 
Otherwise, they'll, they'll play Arm or they'll play... Um, They're not at the same level. They're nowhere near the same level as them. This is a massive game for them. Like, if, if massive you start, game for them. But they might get him... They'll get him for 35 if you minutes, think, maybe, from the Jimmy, start. He played 20 minutes three weeks ago. Hmm. They played at least one challenge game, probably two. They definitely had an internal game and they probably played a challenge game and he's played them. Think of what he would have had to have proven the horror and, and the strength and condition and the physios and all just to get 20 minutes in the league fight. So he's already had two or three weeks of ticking the boxes to play that. Yeah. It's killing O'Connor. Like, this is not some kid. Like, yeah. The other guys are, are, the, other guys are the kids. Like, but I'm not saying he shouldn't play. play. I think they'll get more value out of him for 25 when the game slows down a bit rather than at the start when he only has 35 in him anyway. Like, they'll have to take him off and the crowd will go, ah. Oh. Whereas if they bring him on, the crowd will go absolutely mental. Crowd will be going wild anyway in this game. Like, yeah. Crowd will be going wild. Killian O'Connor's name. Him and O'Donoghue inside. They could have the game won, the two of them. Yeah. But decided to take him off. I, I think he'll start. Unless there's been a setback over the last three weeks, which look, we don't know. That's behind closed doors. I'd be surprised if O'Connor's not starting. I don't think Mayo have the luxury of saying... Hold on, we we look after this one. We'll bring it back for the Leitrim game. I can just picture it the the dreary grey day in Mayo next Sunday with the rain coming down. Not right, too bad. Storm, just, a hurricane in, no, it won't be too bad, but it'll be kind of a typical rotten enough day. And the noise is about three or four minutes before throwing, and we learn that Kenyon O'Connor is either starting. I think the noise then is going to be incredible. But I also like what James is saying there with twenty minutes to go, game in the melting pot. Bring it on, Kieran O'Connor. We watched that game. It's I was sitting there morning. If you look at this, right, just think for O'Connor, like he's not an overly dynamic player. Like he's not like a who's a massive impact. Who's just comes flying off the bench, speed and loads of energy. That's not really Enemy. his game. Yeah. Do, you, do you know what I mean? And if you bring him on with fifty minutes and go where lead, and their tails are up, and Mayo are struggling for scores. That's not a good environment for an inside forward to be coming into. You know, Killian is great at getting on the end of things, his work rate, all of that stuff, but he's not a guy who's going to cut through and go buy three or four players. I just think it's, it's harder for him, his style as a player, to come in if they're chasing a game, which is why they'd be bringing him in. That's interesting. If go have their tails up. Lads, I'm not a coach. I know nothing about coaching, but I would be thinking, I'd be starting Killian O'Connor. Yeah, James, uh, what sort of a headspace would Kieran O'Connor be in this week, coming back from injury? Be would he be? Would he be? Stopping. Would he be knocking? Would you be knocking on the door saying, "I'm good to go"? Like I'd, you've been I'd there imagine, yourself, coming back I know from injury. That him, and, him and James Horn have a good relationship. I reckon oh, that, same that he would. He would have. He'd have told Killian what he wants, and Killian will have told James Horn what he expects from himself. Do you know, he'll have, he'll, he'll have been tapping him up for a while. I want to play that game against Galway. So I think that Paddy makes a good point that he'll have had Thank to you. hit a lot of markers already, but it just comes down to the case where will they get a better impact off the bench? That's just yeah. a question that they'll have. The other thing I, I, I don't well, know that. When you ask the question, someone in the mail forward line who has yeah. shot the lights out and Killian sitting there looking down Horan has to play this fella but there's not they've tried three or four different guys in that and they've all had moments but no one has put their hands up 
Mm. Ryan O'Donoghue will be playing. He'll go with Doherty as well, even though the Quiet League final, he's had he's played some brilliant performances through the league after his return from injury, and he'll be going with Keane O'Connor. I'd be amazed yeah. if he doesn't, because no one else has put their hand up. Yeah, it's an easy decision. It's, it's, if he it's, goes, if he goes, Dermot O'Connor, Aiden Shea. Do you think Aiden's eleven? Are you starting Aiden eleven? Yeah, I think he might go with that. Yeah, I, Ruan and. Well, Flynn, there's injury deaths around Flynn. Jordan they look like a bad hour. They look yeah. more like a knock, though, didn't it? it was a collision. But I suppose Loftus or Conor O'Shea are going to slot in there if Flynn is at. But you think he put Loftus maybe? You think he put Ruan on Paul Connery, or would he let Ruan go and put a marker on Paul Connery, like a Jordan Flynn or someone like that? Because you just dog him. Don't let Paul Connery take six or seven bloody shots in this. I match. don't think Galway put Connery on Ruan, and I don't think Mayo put Ruan on Connery. I so I yeah. think they'll just avoid each other. Yeah. Yeah. But you see, go with second midfielder, like it, it's gonna be it's gonna be rotated between Kelly, Tiernan, Nile Daly. Well, Kelly midfield, I thought with the idea that he'll have the legs to try and go with Ruan. I think there was an eye on this match in their in the league, league final, final mm. selections, and that didn't work. So whether they go with that again, that was the trial run, and I think a lot of the stuff they were trying in that trial run didn't work. So did they turn around and say, did he stick to the guns and go, no, that was for the Mayo game and Castlebar, we're going to go with it again. Depends on what they've done over the last three weeks. It was a big three weeks for Galway. It was a big three weeks for them. What they did, how they wrapped up the league and how they prepared for, for this game. Because as big a game as it is for Mayo, it is a massive game for Pardick Joyce and Galway. For this Galway group, it's his third year there. They haven't made any impact on the championship. They've been wiped by Mayo particularly last year's Connacht final, they're under pressure to perform and win this game. So, it's a big ask. Yeah. But I, I just think the Mayo personnel, like you say, I think they can take Conroy out. I think that you could put O'Hara maybe on uh, Damian Comer. If Oshie Mullins back, to put him on Shane Walsh. I think they're, they're nearly perfect matchups for the Mayo backs to shut down Galway's best players yeah, you'd love to and, see Mayo with all those fellas and see where they're actually at. Do you know? We're still I, questioning where Mayo are at. I like Mayo through the National League, lads. I was bigging them up, and they haven't played their strongest fifteen yet. No, no. I think the strongest we saw Mayo was down in Tralee. I think that was the. I think that was the they closest. Good against Horan's the Dubs as well. I know the Dubs were rattled at that point. As but well. they were good against the Dubs. But James Horan made a lot of changes that day going into that game against yeah. the Dubs. He was not afraid to bring in um, Jack Carney for his first league game. I think that yeah. day, started him twelve, made a couple of changes in attack and defence. So I think the strongest Mayo team we saw was down in Tralee that night. Um, so yeah, no, it's interesting. It's very hard to know where both teams are at going into this, lads. The two games would be top class and so yeah. <laughs> it'll be magic stuff like yeah. I hope they're good I hope the weather is decent that we're no, not it's, it's a washout and it's gale force winds I hope it's good weather and you get these four teams who are all I would say genuinely would have aspirations of making a serious dent on the All-Ireland this year these four teams and I'm just hoping that they deliver the performances on Sunday but I can't I'd be going Despite all your negativity, I think Armagh will nick it in Bally Buffet. And I think Mayo, the old horse for the long road, they'll pull it out of the bag in McHale Park. James? 
I'll stick with Donegal. I'm actually getting more confident on that one. The, <laughs> the, 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 the Galway-Mayo game. The thing is as well, is that Mayo had a, a seriously depressing league final day out like. <laughs> They're used no. to that, Jimmy. If there's one team that that does not matter for with Mayo like. Maybe. Maybe the fact they are used to... When's the last time they had a good final? 19, 19, they won it. Obviously, the best carry. That was a big one for them. Yeah. Like, so they, they'll probably recover from that fine. And Galway also had a disappointment. You know, they didn't play as well as they, they would have liked. Yeah. So mentally, it would have been a job for both groups there to park the league and make sure they're at it come championship. So it'd be interesting. I, I, I have experience with Keen O'Neill. I know that he would be very good at that, that he would have said all the right things in terms of parking it. They'd have done a lot of the right physical stuff just to get them sharp again. If they can sort their defence out, I'll give Galway every chance. But you can stop Ryan right right? you're, you're relying on Galway to do something that we have not seen from them ever. This group. But, but the, the ex-manager, what was his name? Michael? Kevin Walsh. Kevin Walsh. Kevin Walsh. He was defensive-minded. Like, they had that... That was, was a completely different oh, team. I know, but they... Completely different style. They've had so, the mindset of this team with Joyce, you were relying on them to do something that they haven't even touched on in yeah. three years today. They were... I feel like they were close. They did a half last year and Mayo bullied them in the second half. It was yeah. perfect Mayo in the second half. And the year before that, there was a point in that game and Mayo went to the All-Ireland final. If Goa had won that Connacht final, they were playing an All-Ireland semi-final against Tipperary. We might have been talking about Porrick Joyce leading Goa to an All-Ireland final in his first year. It was that close. It was a late, I think it was an injury time turnaround. Shane Walsh, I didn't have enough for Shane Walsh. Shane Walsh kicked the king 7 of 13 scores or 7 of 12. Well, what do so, you think, Tom? Are you saying, who are you tipping on this one? Come on. Get off the fence. He's rooted on it. I'm struggling with it. Do you know what? Do you know what? I think the reason why, so it's, yeah, I've looked, it could be looked, a draw, up, it? looked up the weather app. I've looked up the weather app, right? The Ali Buffet is going to be dry on Sunday. Okay. The first I, time I, I think, I think now I'm in, I'm in Jimmy's camp. I actually think Donny Goddard well, is changing like the wind. Like, on, and yeah. on Sunday, there's a 50% chance of rain in Castle Bar. So I'm chalking that down as 100% rain in Castle Bar. I think, I think Mayo are coming through it. Like I really like Goa. I think we can see more from them. I think it's close, but I think Mayo are winning that game. Mm. Right. I look forward to seeing what what Mayo team actually starts at throwing. It'll be interesting yeah. reviewing them next week, lads. It will. We have a couple of. Can we do another podcast tonight where I just flip all my predictions there? Just you could change them and we can re-record yeah. them and re-release them next week. Our nailed up. Can I get your predictions for the other games? There's four other games. We're going to review them next week. So right. in, in well, Ulster, Antrim, Cavan, Corrigan, Park. Cavan, I'm tipping, but that is going to he's be, sticking with I them. feel that's end McGinley, what he's done over the last two years with Antrim. It's a home championship game for him. They'll be targeting it, but I, I, just, I think, I think Cavan will have a little bit too much there. I think home advantage. I think Cavan should have a little bit too much. I think Corrigan Park, Park gives, gives Antrim three it, points. Like, a three-point head start there. I you actually know, think they can finish up in the in the league. Were they? Uh, they were there. They were four to they were around. They were in the mix until the last weekend. In the mix, yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, they were in the mix. Home advantage. They're, they're, they're rated higher than Kevin. And like Kevin, weren't great in that league final. I thought no, Kevin were poor no. lads. I thought they were blessed. I thought they were very they, sluggish, very slow build up. Slow that game was catastrophic. Good testimonial. Like, will you get away with playing that way in Corrigan Park? I'm not sure. I'm not sure you will. Like, I think Antrim are, are probably 
they were very reliant last year on, on the great Paddy Cunningham to come off the bench and kick a couple of worldies to win games. They don't have that this year. I do think that they're lacking maybe a, a sharpshooter inside. Um, They've made massive progress. From, and they really have. They really have, haven't they? Like the Murrays are flying all league. It'd be an interesting I, I, one, but I, I just think Cavan, I don't know. I don't know why. I'm thinking like is it experience, tradition, yeah, experience. Nicky Graham. Mm. I, I think Cavan are gonna nick it. Okay. I'm I'm I'll be honest, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna make a proper call till Saturday morning, but I think Antrim. I'm I'm back in Antrim when I'm going in to put on my cumin. I think an Antrim. I am thinking Antrim here. Right. I think Antrim might actually. Who are you going with? I'm going to go Antrim as well, home advantage. Okay. I just don't think Kevin are as good as we think yet. No, they could they could raise a gallop for championship, but we'll see. Right. We have got Loud Carlo in Park Loud. Nailed back and Loud. We nailed have got, it. I think we're all going Loud, are we? Yeah. Cole Wexford Offaly for me. Offaly, nailed on. Yeah. Not going yeah. like to... Wexford, Wexford obviously pushed... Like, this is in Wexford Park. They, if you're they, tying yourself to this home of thing. Like, it's in Wexford massive. Park. But like, it well, remember, massive. it is massive. <laughs> remember what Wexford did in the first half to Dublin last year. We like, won Dublin. six All-Irelands in a row without playing a home match. <laughs> Jimmy. And someday I'm going to call you on this. <laughs> Off you're going to beat Wexford, lads. And, it, well, they should. They should, they should. Yeah. I don't know. I, I watched Offaly in the league and I was disappointed in the game against Clare I thought they were a long way off it against Clare they should have beaten they should have beaten Cork they should have beaten Mead should have beaten Mead as well I am going to back Offaly this time they uh, came as the, as the league went on they probably got a bit stronger didn't they they picked yeah. up three big results and then lost a couple of narrow ones yeah Jesus what, who are you going with Tom I'm going with uh, I'm going with Offaly yeah and Offaly all day Jimmy this is madness yeah, are you going to go against your home advantage here Look, he's welded to it. Look, Can't no, I'll go home advantage. I'll go. <laughs> oh my god, I'll go Wexford. <laughs> yeah, based on what? Awfully should win that. But where did I, where did Wexford finish in Division Four? Oh, they were fourth, maybe. Chief, maybe. Are you sure you don't want to change your mind here? Like, yeah, no, that is a, that is a ball call. I'd be looking for a red card early in the game. Now, are you are you're sticking with your home call? <laughs> Contributed to a melee. Yeah, All right, a melee in the first minute. An umbrella term will come in my favor. No, I'm going to change. I'm going to go. I'll okay, go, uh, I'll go go okay, you change. Okay. All right, and what about the last game? The two relegated sides in Division Three. Wicklow, Wicklow against Leash. Home advantage for Wicklow, who obviously Colin Kelly, their manager, stepped away halfway through the yeah. league campaign. They had a very difficult league. Uh, they lost Davy Burke. Um, they had a bit of momentum behind them maybe last year, the year before. Lost Burke. They've lost Kelly. But Tommy, like, Leash had a diabolical league as well. Like, Leash, really and bad Leash, end to the league. To get Billy Sheehan, his coach, did showing us some they nice signs. Like, I hear you. Mm. I remember I watched them in the Auburn Cup final back in January. And yeah. A bit of a run. They beckled there. They gave Dubs a good game down in Dr. Cullen Park. Now Billy Sheehan, that kind of energy he'd bring, passion Leash would have. And he expected Leash to kind of have a bit of a run at it. And the league just kind of fell to pieces for them to get yeah. relegated. Like they're on a bad low going into that game as well. And really dipping into Jimmy's uh, box of tricks there, the home advantage in Ockram for Wicklow. <sighs> I, I'll tell you what, I'm going to go with Leash. But this would not be a surprise no. if Wicklow turned them over. But I think Leash... They have to have something. Like, they have to have something there. Like. 
Are you going? Are you going with Leash? I'm going to go with Leash. It sounded like you're going with Wicklow there. Yeah, that's how tight it's going to be. But I'm back in Leash based on oh, not a whole pile, but that Billy Shee can get a gallop out of them and they can mm. turn it around. And they're not as bad as the end of their league form suggested. Yeah, uh, Alan Costello was installed mid-campaign. And the first game in, they pulled their first win out against Longford. It wasn't enough. They kicked 20 points that day. Wicklow's keeper, Mac, Mark Jackson, is a fellow who's kicked plenty of points in championship. Some of their forwards have been shown quite well. James, would you give them chance? You love the home advantage? It's a 50-50 game. Definitely, that's a very hard one to call. Um, it'll come down to a moment, probably. A decision mm. or a bit of brilliance. It's a lottery to call it. Um, but I'll go at leash because Billy Sheen Kerryman he'll have a he'll have something up his sleeve there I think Hard I wonder call, would, would we see anything like the the infamous Battle of Ockram back in the day I'm not sure if we'll see that this day uh, when the referee was bundled into the boot do you know that's that always this could turn into a UFC podcast <laughs> <laughs> all we talk about was Rosling UFC and Hurling we spent more Love time talking about that yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give it I'm going to give the leash as well <laughs> I'm going to give the leash Rosling like survival. We can't all go leash because then we look we look cat if they if they. But well, the last time we did that, we all yeah, backed offly. We all we all backed offly to be cork. Do you remember to stay up? Yeah, we didn't. So uh, I I I. You know lads. what? Okay, I flipped offly, leash, cabin. Ah, there's going to be a shock. There's going to be a shock and lancer. Nailed down to be colonel. Louder, louder, louder! I think it win that game. There's going to be a shock and lancer. There'll always be a draw as well. Okay. I know I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to stick with it. Right. No, couple of questions. No, lads. We enjoy the weekend of football. Yeah, 100%. couple of questions from the Football Pod listeners. Um, Evan Mannion wants to know what we made in New York. Does it look promising for the future? It's, like, it's difficult with the amount of turnover that they have. Um, they, could, they, could, they could win a few games that's that Talton Cup if they that same squad playing. But they push Sligo all the way. They were lucky in the end. Hmm. There's a couple of questions in about the McKenna brawl, which is covered in depth. Joseph O'Dwyer, I think he sent this question in, I'd say four weeks in a row. Would Connor Sweeney, dog, Connor Sweeney, get into the Tyrone, Kerry, Dublin, or Mayo starting teams? Sweeney at his peak, James is a fellow you would have come across a bit. Savage footballer, Tipperary yes, star, really good. Um, in his peak, he'd be he's not far off his peak. No, what is he? He's thirty, thirty-one. Mm. Um, he's been doing it for a long time for Tip. He has a couple of all stars. He's an all star from 16, does he? He's an all star himself in Quinlevin, I'd say. Got yeah. one um, at 20. Sorry, obviously, the COVID. I th- do you know what Tyrone could do with him now? Do you know, like, Dublin they, could do with him now as well. Like, yeah, Armagh could do with him. Yeah, he's a yeah. quality player. Like. Mm. I, I don't think he get into the into the Kerry starting six, maybe, but apart from that, he'd be in the Mayo team as well. Yeah, or oh, Mayo would love him. Oh, he would be. Some operator for me, it's exactly what they need. Yeah, on the left to pull the trigger for them on yeah. the loop. You know, he's a, he's an excellent, excellent player. Um, and he and exactly. probably won the four most weeks. Keep and had the same question, man. We got it to you. Adam Keane wants to know <laughs> if Galway beat Mayo, are they legitimately contenders for the All Ireland? I think if they win that game, and I was actually going to ask this was that for Galway to win this game in Castlebar, I think the boost they get out of it. It would have to be a serious performance to do it. Mm. I think it puts them in it, yeah. It does. A I'd winning castle they, bar would be massive. I, I'd say they're thinking it. That, that's the beauty of this championship. I think, honestly, there's seven, six or seven teams that are thinking, they might say it publicly, but 
mm. we have a right chance at the All Ireland this year. I think Galway already think it, but if they go to Castlebar and turn over Mayo, they yeah, well they would be, they would be, they'd be in the mix. Uh, Niall Flynn wants to know when will a top pundit come out and say that Aidan O'Shea should be dropped? I think that's a bit ridiculous. Like, but, dropped and like for who? But like, like I just think I just think there's a, just a bluster around Aidan O'Shea that constantly. Comes oh, out. there's been thing around for ten years about this type of stuff, right? Like it's because he's so high profile. Mm. Yeah, and, and do what? Like, just drop Aidan O'Shea because someone doesn't like his personality or doesn't or hasn't any idea who he is or what he's like as a person, but they just don't like him because he's high profile. So we should drop him and they get on this bandwagon. It's nonsense, and I'm. No affiliation with Aidan O'Shea. We had some serious games against them. But this idea, drop them. Like, no one else, folks, no other players have that scrutiny on that I can think of. And, and the case of, for who? Who else is putting their hand up and saying, well, I'll take Aidan O'Shea's pace and I'll do much better than what he's doing. He, he hasn't been at his best this season. There's no two ways about it. But it's not like Mayo have 25 lads there knocking on the door going, Jay's Horn, how are you blind to playing this fella instead of me, like? Yeah, we would trust James Horne's judgment on that one. I he's think just, he's earned it. I think they both earned that little bit of respect from yeah. that. So I don't have he's, much credence for questions like that. He's got such a unique skill set too. I think there's legitimate questions and how do you get the best out of him at the minute? Because I think the game yeah. has changed and his game has changed and he's obviously coming into his thirties. But like, I, like you, the amount of times we will get asked, like, when is somebody going to call out the Aiden O'Shea? I just think it's outrageous. Like it's ridiculous. Yes, but I think so, it's a case of. I would say you won't get a poor league final. And Jimmy, we, we, I know we spoke about it. He was offered in the league final, but so was the whole Mayo team. The whole team. Until yeah. I see someone coming in going, he needs to play. There's no one in my view in the Mayo setup that is doing that and putting that pressure on Aidan O'Shea yet. That yeah. I've seen. James, what were you going to say there? With Aidan, it's a case of, I think, you only know what you had when it's gone kind of thing. When he's gone, they'll be like, geez, do you know who we could do it now? Is Aiden Shea like he doesn't get the he doesn't get any credit anymore? It's like he's used every bit of credit he had is, is just gone for some reason. Yeah, I think it's very unfair, but he's going to be very important to Mayo. They're not going to go anywhere without him. Whether that is a uh, twenty minutes off the bench to be, to boost the crowd, like we said with Killian, or whether it's from the start, I don't know. But he's he's massively important. To him. I guarantee he leads that dressing room as well. Oh yeah, yeah. What? Would I be right in thinking that Donahue had a bit about it, Adam, as well? Was he appreciated more outside the county than he was within Kerry, or is that fair? Donahue? Yeah. No. I'm well, not talking Kerry, about inside the dressing them. room. I'm not talking about inside the dressing room. I'm talking about in, in general in the county. Like, you're looking back and you're thinking that Kieran Donahue, yeah, right? He's turning. I know, but he's turned it on and he's leading Austin Sachs for a monster title. Like, his Kerry career was written off in the middle of the last decade, like. He, yeah, in, in 2014, he got no game in the quarterfinal and then came on in the semifinal and caught that great ball and yeah. was playing every game after. The replay and the final. He was nearly footballer of the year off the back of, like yeah. your contender. Who were the contenders with you that year? Yourself? Was Don, he actually nominated? No, Con- Connolly. I forget. Was it Andy Moore? Somewhere from that. Murphy, surely. Must have been a Donegal player. Murphy or... I forget. He definitely won an All-Star that year off the back. Neil yeah, Gallagher or someone like that. Yeah. Would have been Roy McHugh. Yeah, he did. I just wonder, was he a little bit underappreciated in the fact that, yeah, it's just an interesting... No, honestly, Donnie had a good run at it last year. Okay, fair enough. Donnie was... No, he was top of the pile 
in everyone's mind. Honestly, yeah. Dan, he was very appreciative. Because even Owen Sheehan interviewed David Clifford and Darren Moynihan last week and he, he asked him the question. He actually brought up the Monaghan goal in Clonus and the Super Ace that we've spoken about before. And he linked it. He said, James, <laughs> I, heard who played this. The, I heard this. James, wow. I he played the ball in. Kieran Donahue touched it down and Clifford buried it. No one said, what did you learn from the boys? And he said, oh, do you know from Kieran, I learned how to stick the chest out and whatever else. And from James, I learned to appreciate movement and how to win the ball at the top of the D. Did David Clifford burn your ear about that? How did that work? No. Uh, he said, no, he, no, he, said, that, he said that he, he learned these things by watching it. He said that the environment in Kerry at the time was you all helped each other. Yeah, with Dan, he would have been very like that. And we always did, um, we always used to have a good spell before training with the goalies um, where we'd have the outside fellas kicking it in Mm. And the inside fellas would always get chemistry off that. You know, there'd always be a chatter on you do this, you do that, or you come off me this way. That soon faded away to band work and hurdles, like, you know. Really? Like, so you lost that. You lost that. No, but I mean, it, like that, I always find that those little 10 or 15 minutes bits together where it's completely uncoached, unplanned, is where you actually chat about a certain situation or a certain um, aspect of the game and like the boys used to practice crossfield balls at that time in games in training rather than setting up a drill and getting everyone involved and waiting at a cone so you might have you might have 10 minutes of doing it before the session so it was never a case of oh there's a, a young lad in there let's tell him how to play mm. uh, there was never any of that and Clifford was so well able at the time anyway but he was outrageous coming in but it, I just thought it was interesting in the manner that he picked out those those two things and he said that he learned by watching and he learned and you guys all picked it up off each other and that's interesting that the chemistry was developed like it wasn't a coaching environment it was lads chatting to each other saying probably yeah. figuring out how a fella moves how he turns how he plays yeah. the ball how he likes to receive it that is interesting yeah. the sewer rats they used to call us the inside forwards that's what Kelly christened us We'd be the sewer rats would be the, the inside forwards before training, you know, <laughs> taking shots and creating goal shots and stuff like that. Really? So, like, it wasn't just it, jealous. Important. Jesus, what happens. Yeah, 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 it's I an like important that. part of training, I think. We might talk about winning the ball in space in the D, the most congested area of the pitch next week on the pod. There was a great shot actually of Conca Patrick slipping into full forward. It was behind the goal and where he yeah. won it. It was really, really good the way he did it. So, I just think it'd be nice to get the two of you talking about that next week. We'd have a bit more footage to work off. Very quickly, Paddy Andrews, I've given you your password. I've given you your login. You have to get on to championship.fantasygaelicfootball.com and set up your team. We have got a lead set up. lot on here, lads. No. A lot going on. You, 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 are, you are taking the championship seriously this year. Okay? You're all right. Your position is not on if the I, If these podcasts didn't go on for four hours, I might get a chance to do it tonight. Okay, well, we're wrapping up now, right? We're not going to actually pick your team this week. We're going to shoot a couple of names around. James, who have I'll you... have it ready for this weekend, right? Mark your cards. What well, we've... Coming in, I'm going to pick a load of Antrim players. Right, well, we... Well, two, we have... two max, two max. Well, uh, this is this is what happens. Who are the two... gets in the way. Who are the two dubs you're putting in? Give us that much. Who are the two dubs? Jeez. I might put, put any dubs in at this rate. I didn't even pick a dub. What? Who dubs it put in? Who's Cost on the frees? Costello and Dean Rock, maybe. I'm just okay. going to pick six free takers. What's the gig, isn't it? Like, okay. All right. Not like the circuit to this. Clifford pick and Gainey. Free takers. I'm, I'm back in my front six. McCurry, McCarran, O'Neill, Clifford, Kilkenny, Highland. O'Neill? Reno O'Neill. Yeah, Reno O'Neill. Go on, who else? McCurry, McCarran, O'Neill, 
Clifford, Kilkenny, Jimmy Hyland. There'd be no tracking back in that full forward. Jesus, exactly. yeah, I think well, I went with something game, similar. I didn't think, I, no, I went with Gainey instead of Rian O'Neill, I'd say. I think I'm fairly Did similar to you then. You double up in the carry forwards. Yeah. All right, Paddy, we'll work on that this week. Is it, is it the same? Just tell me this. For freeze and open play scores, it's the same. <laughs> it's the same. No, 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 no. It's, not, no. it's, not, it's no, not. No, no, it's not. It's not. There's always a catch. Yeah. There's read, always a little bitter aftertaste. Like. Read the T's and C's. I'll put it that way. And uh, I'll be playing you to get your your team picked because Carl in Fancy Gaelic is going to put your team out there so people can have a look at your managerial decisions. You say you're not a coach. I think there's a coach in there somewhere, Paddy Anders. Show me insight though, isn't it? Like? Yes. They took Johnny Heaney <laughs> out, of, out of the backs. They did. They put him in the forwards. And Aidan Nugent. He was my cheat code. He's obviously suspended this week. Karma Castle centre back. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Folks, thank you very much for listening in to episode 13 of the Football Pod with Paddy Anders and James O'Donoghue. Brought to you in partnership with AIB, proud sponsor of the GA Senior Football Championship. Check out hashtag the toughest for more. Paddy Anders, James O'Donoghue, it was a pleasure. We're going to be holding you to your predictions this week. Are you all set? It's going to be a great weekend, lads. This, the championship is properly kicking off. This weekend. We can't wait for it. James, yeah, looking forward to it. Can't wait. And I can't wait to be proved right come Monday week. Not in a way, win in sight. <laughs> <laughs> That's it from the football pod. Thanks, folks. Cheers, Bye, folks. lads.